And then being that I grew up in, in South Central, like, at that point, you had to choose. Like, either you chose or the block around you chose for you. I fully embraced the lifestyle. I fully embraced that. I made sure that it was exposed. I made sure that individuals only had two options when they approached me, which it was, you know what? He's a gang member. I got to kill him. Or, hey, he's my friend and I have to shake his hand. I told my crime partner, you know what, man? Like, don't stop. Don't stop. At that moment, I came out the window and I discharged my firearm, you know. At the cops. At the cops. cops. You hear my mom, my sister, and this side of the phone, and they're crying. They're like, why did they send you to Pelican Bay? Forest like, Park. that is that is a prison that's designed for gang members. Mm -hmm. Like, mom, I'm a gang member. I don't want to be looked at as just like, oh, this dude was a gang member, and he did time in prison, and he's from that lifestyle. Like, nah, man, like, I have more of, I know I mentioned it to you guys when we spoke last time, like, I have a whole lot more to offer than just to be my past. Yo, welcome back to Rancher Network Podcast. It's your boy, Yak. It's your boy, T. We got another Let's one for it. you guys, man. Thank you guys so much mm -hmm. for the support, man. Play May stuff was booming. Check out Barbara Amort's uh, podcast, man. That one's tight as hell. She has a crazy wild story. Um, but we got another special one for you guys today. It's going to be wild and it's going to be intense, man. Um, this is an individual that served 15 years but was actually... Um, sentence or expected to do 36, right? Um, so I want to give our boy a really round of applause because yeah, on top of that, my boy is doing the work now and helping out the reentry folks even now. And he's only been out about six months, yo. So he's doing a lot right off the bat. So mm -hmm. let's give a warm welcome to our boy Ernesto Sanchez, man. Thank you so much for being here, bro. How you feeling? Um, I'm excited, man. I'm excited. I'm I'm thankful, you know, that you guys uh, allowed this opportunity. So. You know, I mean, it's been it's been a kind of like an emotional roller coaster since mm -hmm. I came home on October 26th of last year. Um, I couldn't be more blessed and excited about what I'm doing and how much I've accomplished as I've been out, mm -hmm. and then also what's to come. Right, because I I yeah, that think that's one thing that really captured yeah. our attention is what you're doing <laughs> now, right? Yeah. You're a reentry uh, case manager at the moment, right? Yeah. Um, I, at the moment, I work at the WorkSource, mm -hmm. which is in West LA. And I was in the beginning. I started as a as a paid work experience, um, just kind of like an intern and getting right. that, mm -hmm. you know, the the things down of what is it to be a case manager. And at the moment, they're actually negotiating if they want to hire me full time or whatnot, and if I want to take the offer, of course. Uh, but I help our men and women coming home with jobs. Um, I make those connections with businesses like Amazon, mm. um, Starbucks, oh, yeah. whatever it may Damn. be. And we try to specifically like focus, at least in my position, is just on men and women that are looking for jobs that have been impacted by the prison system. Mm -hmm. Which is something that I feel like a lot of individuals coming out, they expect that I can't do it. There's nothing I could do. I have a background. This yeah. and that, but there's so much or, to or, it. Or the other part that you mentioned that I love is that um, a lot of the times I feel like we're relegated to warehouse work, construction work, mm. but it doesn't have to be that case. You mentioned they have programs out there, and we've dealt with those programs where they start off even here as interns, internships, and then if they like you, they're like, come on, full-blown employee. Why not? You know what I mean? And it's a good starting point for somebody that's, you know, that did some time, wants to give back, doesn't necessarily – because, again – um, I feel like the common thing is 
you're going to hit one of these spots and they're going to tell you these are the felon friendly companies. You know, and that's the thing. Like, you get that from somebody that hasn't been impacted. That's the issue. So yeah. you get yeah. some somebody that has been working in the work source probably two to 10 to 15 years, 20 years, and this is what we have and this is what you're taking. We'll got you. We'll get you in there. Don't worry about it. Now, if the process is easy, of course, mm -hmm. but to actually have someone that's actually been in the lifestyle and say, you know what, bro, like, you don't really have to be like someone else's narrative. Like you can write your own narrative and you can be sitting behind a desk like me mm -hmm. and doing the same work mm. because most people don't think like, oh, well, it's not possible because I have facial tattoos or I have a background. Good point. Like, yeah. I don't, for me, like it didn't stop me when I was in my past lifestyle, stop doing, you know, doing mm -hmm. crime. So mm -hmm. why is it going to stop me now? Right. Specifically when I'm trying to be successful. So I go to work, I go to work and you know, I got to get all dappered up and I got to put on my makeup and hey, you know, you guys, I'm, you guys got to do slacks in the, the uh, whole, we do the whole, the yeah. whole thing, shiny shoes, hey, but I just outdo all my, all my, yeah. all my coworkers, you know, mm -hmm. it's just, I go because, and I feel, and it's something people say, well, you know, you shouldn't feel that way. <laughs> I have to try 10 times harder, mm -hmm. right? I show up an hour before work even opens, you know, I just think it's something that shows value. It shows characters. Mm -hmm. It shows what I'm willing to do as an individual that has served time and then my time and my crime doesn't define me. Yeah. I love that, man. That that's um that serves it as an example of is it possible? Yeah. Do you have to put in a little extra work? Absolutely. But why wouldn't you want to do that when right. you're trying to, you know, gain success in life? It's gonna take that. It's gonna take that extra push, that extra effort. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um yeah, I love it, man. Shit. So so you did 15 years. We kind of want to jump in to to kind of, you know, a little bit about your upbringing, kind of your journey, um, and then definitely touch on kind of, I know a lot of the times you don't go into prison already kind of with your mind made up of I'm going to turn away from this stuff or living that type of lifestyle. And again, that lifestyle encompasses a lot of things. It could be anything. Um, and then use that and then you can maybe <laughs> highlight also, you know, at what point did you say, like my, I tell people, after two, three, four, five years, you're like, cool, I'm done playing Pinnacle. I I'm cool. I don't want to be here no more. You know, you, you kind of decide that as at a certain part of your journey. Um, so we definitely want to touch on that. But um, shit, where do you want to start? And so, yeah, where do we, you know, you want to start from the from the sandbox? We could, we could. I mean, um, yeah, we could start there. We could start where pretty much grew up. I grew up in South Central Los Angeles, um, so I'm very familiar with the area. Okay, so local. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very uh, local. Um, I actually grew up between Norma and Western, so it was always a thing watching Friday. It was like, well, I, hey, yeah. I grew up here, you know? Right. Um, the environment, how can I say? It was a lot different. I actually, not so long ago, like uh, a few days ago, I got to revisit where I grew up. Mm. Um, and, you know, it's kind of sad to see how much has really changed, right? Where you grew up, where you were raised, you know, say like the sandbox, right? Um, but for myself, I grew up with just my mother. My father left when I was three years old. Um, I just think he wasn't ready, ready to accept those responsibilities <coughs> as a father. Mm. Um, he left me, my mother, and my sister. Uh, my sister's about four or five years older than me. So she's always kind of been like my mother also as well you know, watching me, over me. Um, you know, she, my father left my mother to really just do her, mm -hmm. right? He didn't really supply um, anything, whether you want to do the, um, 
you know, the financial thing, the the, the physical support, mm-hmm. mental support. So I didn't have a father from like three years old and on, right? Um, it was difficult because I believe my mother was trying to adjust to this whole new life of, of taking care of a young man or a young child and also a, a, a girl, which is my sister. Um, you know, when you grow up in an environment like ours and there's this trauma and there's like a, a, a generational trauma, right? You tend to just discipline your kids one way. So for me and my sister, discipline was basically physical. Um, I mean, I, I'm not gonna take away from it, uh, it being that my father left and, and it, it made me a certain way, mm-hmm. right? It made me feel a certain way. So I guess I, 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 I lashed out a lot more and I made it difficult for my mom. I made it difficult where she was very abusive physically, mentally, and emotionally, right? Do, do, do you think that was because that's that's pretty much, she didn't really have a um, anything written out of how it's supposed to be done? She just... Yeah, I, I don't think she did, and I think no one does. Right. Um, but I think that hurt people hurt people, mm. right? So she was hurt, and she didn't know how to deal with her trauma, and she didn't know how to deal with her upbringings, that it just kind of like... It just became a system thing. Like, you know what? This is the way that I have to treat you because you're behaving wrong mm-hmm. and you're not listening. Not alone, I have the financial burdens. I have the emotional burdens. I have this, this, and that. And trying to take care of, like, my mom says, like, you were bad. Like, yeah. You're one of them bad little kids. You know, like, you were, like, at least every grade I was sent home or they were calling my house, like, Ernesto did this. Ernesto mm-hmm. did that. So I can see how... Um, she probably was lost and confused of what exactly do I have to do with this individual? And it's like, not to really jump ahead, but every teacher always told her, man, this kid needs a mentor. He needs a father. He needs this. He needs that. And I mean, how could she give that? Yeah, that's kind of cold, huh? That realization that like not knowing they're going to throw, they're going to pitch these things because ideally that's the way it should be. Get them some support, get your, get a Theo involved, get some, but what if you don't have anybody, right? And we did like, not to say that we didn't have that support also Mm -hmm. with extended family or immediate family. We did. We come from a very big family. Oh, okay. Um, My grandmother, my grandfather, rest in peace. There was about 10 kids. You know, my mom was the only girl, nine boys, one girl. So you imagine, it, it, it was rough. Yeah, yeah. It was rough. And the example was within my family. Um, you know, not to touch too much on it, it, it into the topic, but they were my influences, bad and good. Mm. And you tend to gravitate towards that. And then their friends become your influence, right? So you would have people come to the house because um, they were also involved in, in, in the lifestyle also as well to a certain extent. So their friends become your role models. So your family was like, was it one of those families, like everybody's from the neighborhood type of deal? Um, you know it, what I'm talking about? It, like it, when it, you... was, it was, it was, in a way it wasn't, and it wasn't. Like it was, um, there was people that were connected. There was people that had their also, they did their things. Um, so it, it was there. It was at my doorstep. It was there. It was yeah. at my doorstep. Like there was no lie about it. That there was something going on there Mm. and whether people wanted to be blind to it or not at the end of the day like something was going on and only a few were able to see it and only a few it affected them um 
luckily in my situation, I you know I kind of look at it as you know what I rather be me that went through the experience rather than my cousins, mm. because to me I was like you know one one day um it stuck to something that my stepfather had told me you know you were just weak when many were strong, you know so being a young gullible kid yeah. and you're seeing all this and you're urging for a father you're urging for that role model um you just kind of like you know what like man I, I like what these dudes are doing like they got new whips they got new money mm-hmm. you know they're not pulling out dollars they're pulling out hundreds mm-hmm. you know um they're yeah. smoking trees they're talking about gang wars and connections and this this and that so I mean you're you're it's it becomes what your community is and not only do I see it in my household but I see it at school so at what age yeah. did you kind of like start comprehending like you know what's going on like this is like um i think probably like you know being like in the third or fourth grade as you young know, yeah. third and fourth grade you start really just seeing like you know what like this is what's really going on in my household and then you just kind of like you want to like I, I think at that age or at that at, at that time in my my life i started being more curious about things Right, so I would see people get high, and then of course, mm, hey, I want to get it. high. Like, what's that weird smell that's in the air? Like, yeah. I, yeah. I, I want to do that too. And to not until you eventually try it, like, and then you're like, oh shit! And now you're gonna go by, and you're doing pretty much and falling in the same footsteps, basically, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah, that that's definitely uh, and we hear that all the time. And again, a lot of people don't understand. You, you even if you have moms and pops, it's just everyone is impressionable, you know, and it, depending on who, who sticks with you, that's who you want to be. And that's the path that you end up chasing, not knowing that eventually you're like, fuck, I lost all these years just to understand that I knew I shouldn't have been going down that path anyways, you know? And I was very gullible. Yeah. I was very gullible. Like I was very gullible. I was, I was like a sponge, you know, I wanted to be accepted. I wanted love. I wanted care. I wanted all these things that you would think that a child gets early mm-hmm. on in his life. So, when you're seeing older men, like, give you a hug or, hey, you know what? Like, let me take you to the barber shop and get you a haircut. Like, okay, well, let's go. And then you see he has a Camaro, IROC, you yeah, know? Yeah, fuck it. Yeah. Uh, um, you're, you're, you're kind of like, oh, man, this dude can be my dad. Yeah. Yeah, you know? And, and, and he's putting out money to pay for it, mm. you know? And you're like, man, this is cool. So... You tend to want to focus on that now, so that's kind of what happened for me at a young age. I really became um, intrigued, like just really, really became by what other older men were doing in my my surroundings. Mm-hmm. This lifestyle kind of started. Uh, you obviously started adopting this lifestyle at one point, but when you started adopting it, you started seeing affect friends like closest friends and stuff like that can you tell us about the experience because you talked about even seeing a friend pass away in front of you right yeah um in 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 that you know i started experiencing things more like when we would go to middle school Mm. so middle school it kind of exposed more because Mm -hmm. at that point i felt that you know some people tend to change when they're in high school but for me middle school was like that point like it divided people you know, mm-hmm. and it being that I grew up in, in South Central, like at that point you had to choose. Like either you chose or the block around you chose for you. Yeah. 
So where do you, you where know, do you stay? What side of the street? All right, cool. You must yeah, be from over yeah, there. Yeah, you must be from over there. Yeah. Right. So all this like you played in the playground with each other. Like no, you you became and now you're an enemy. So now you show up to functions and, and parties and whatnot, and you see each other at school, and you know, hey, that's my enemy, right? Yeah. Um, for me, early on, like I had started making friends already, and it's kind of weird. Like, it's it's not weird, but in the beginning, it's weird when you look at it. And looking back now, now I know why we all got together. But because we all lack the same thing, Correct. we all lack that father, right? So you have such and such coming around, and then you have this individual coming around, and then you look at it, you're like, man, this is going to even have a dad, and his mom just bought him a gun, like, like. Yeah. So it's all a bunch of uh, hurt little individuals trying to make things right, yeah. and I did, you know, in 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 the in the beginning of two thousands. Um, you know, when you go up all the way to 2005 and six, there was a lot of gang violence. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of gang violence. There was a lot of uh, uh, racial tension, right? And I got to experience that. Yeah. I got to experience that with family members being shot and killed. I got to experience that with um, friends of friends. Um, I got to experience that as also my friends and my childhood friends being shot, you know, and whether they, they passed on or whether they survived, you know, I think that what affected more more people, some people say, well, you know, man, uh, the, the loss of my friend affected me. Mm -hmm. But for me, it was like I had a friend and he was shot. Um, he was actually shot around five times. And in the process, when he was shot, he survived. So now that affected me a lot more because... This individual that was destined to die at that moment came up now, and he has nothing but revenge and resentment. Mm. And that's my homeboy. So what goes on through his mind? Revenge. Murder. Right? And I'm just around for the ride. Like, and you know what, though? That's a 50-50, right? Because some motherfuckers might be like, you know what? That was, that was enough for me. That was an eye-opener. Yeah. So he went the other route, and then him being your homeboy, you guys kind of go full force into that? And, and it fuels it. It yeah. fuels it. It fuels it because you, 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 you imagine you found what you're, what you're looking for, which is acceptance, which is a brotherhood, which is recognition, which is love and care, right? I mean, it's all the wrong things through the wrong settings, but yeah. still, you come across it. So if you're if this individual tells you your friend, your homeboy, whatever it may be, oh let's go do this, let's go, bro. I'm not tripping. So you end up doing what he's doing, and at that point you're a follower too, but you don't care about it. And then I think those demons start building, right? Um, you 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 tend to be a little bit more different when you're around your family because no one's not gonna understand you. Mom's working hard. Grandma's taking care of what she has mm -hmm. to. Grandpa is, and you show up home, and 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 in the back of your mind's like, fuck, I just went to go do a drive-by shooting, mm. you know. And my yeah. grandma's over here offering me frijoles, like, like, yeah, grandma, I'll eat, you know, see, like, see. yeah. And, and and you know, you go to school, and like, not until you get exposed and you really put and your hands on into this lifestyle, then you tend to look at life different. And you tend to have certain demons. You tend to like, yeah, I can't go to that block. They just invited me here. I, I can't go there. Like some of my cousins, hey, we're going to go to a house party. Like, bro, can't go to that can't house to party. That house What's party? Mm -hmm. your problem? Yeah. You know, but these things are are becoming what they are. And eventually that 
contributes into the trauma that we have throughout the years. At that time, was it something that you started seeing as like, I could do this for the rest of my life? Or you knew like deep down, now nah, this is nothing, like I can't be doing this forever. During the lifestyle, yes. Mm-hmm. During the lifestyle, yes. Once I fully embraced it mm-hmm. and I committed my crime and I went off to prison, like I did. Like I had fully embraced the lifestyle. I had fully embraced at all costs that this was my brotherhood. This was the people that I loved. This was the people that I slept with. These were the people that I broke bread with. Like, I mean, when you're sealed up with a dude for two to three years, like that dude becomes your brother, yeah. you know, and you're willing to ride and, and do anything for that, right? So I did. I fully embraced the lifestyle. I fully embraced that. I made sure that it was exposed. I made sure that individuals only had two options when they approached me, which it was, you know what? He's a gang member. I got to kill him. Or, hey, he's my friend and I have to shake his hand. Mm. So I felt that I did. To, to some extent, um, you know, there was things that happened in my life and, like, I was ready to, you know... I, I treated the lifestyle and I made it a primary thing in my life that everything else came secondary, which is family. Right, right. A lot of people don't realize you're over there fucking around. You're in the mix at the detriment to to ruining family relationships and everything being let go. Or you keep distancing yourself further and further and further. And then when you get busted, you're like, I'm here now. You know, moms, yeah. I need, you know, package and, and, and the end on Wednesday or whatever, you know, and then you're like, Damn, now you're grav it's weird that the cycle you're gravitating back to family again, yeah, you know? It, 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 Under fucked up circumstances when it shouldn't have been that way, you know? Yeah. But that that's the name of the game. Yeah. Um so it started off with like mischievous stuff in school, stuff like that. At what point did it become like a neighborhood thing? Or like um, gangs or whatever, whatever you want to put on I it. Think towards, or, I think towards the end of like eighth grade. So you that's know, young middle school. school. Yeah, yeah, going 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 on to like freshman year. Yeah. Like I knew, like I was going to a school and I knew I couldn't be there. And I wasn't even like a a full-blown gang member at that time. It was just like, you know what? Like I'm at a school that I can't be. But in your mind, in your mind, you're saying that. Like I'm I'm out of bounds. Mm -hmm. Like, so now you're navigating through the school and then you start ditching, you know? And then you're just kind of doing things that you're not supposed to be doing. Um, And then you're just like, you know what? I really can't go to that school anymore because my enemies... um, live there or they go to yeah. school there were you already participating in like all this like like were you pretty active would you feel like you were pretty active even going into eighth grade onto freshman year um, or you became active more so in high school i think more in high school because people now had cars ah right right so crazy like, that transition huh yeah because now you have whether you're a freshman or you're a senior or whatnot and whether you're going to school like it's like you're already a young adult yeah right so individuals come around and they got cars and then it's, when, you, when you're in a car, it, like crime is a different thing. Mm. Yeah, you can be walking around and you're in a bike and your homeboy, you know, got a 12 gauge and he's in the front of the pedals and you're rolling through the yeah. hood. Like that's one aspect of it. Right. But when you're in a car, like that's your getaway. You know, yeah. you don't have to run. You just boom, get on. It, this. it doesn't feel as real. It feels like it's a, like you're in a fucking movie when you're in a car. It's just in and out. You get on not knowing that whatever the slew of consequences that come with that, you know, but 100%. One thing that interests me, though, is I don't think you caught it. I, oh, no, you probably weren't here. But when we were talking before is you were doing travel ball. 
Yeah, right. We, we um, I had got involved in a, in a, in a basketball team, uh-huh. um, and I also played football. Mm-hmm. You know, so I was always like, for me, I've I've loved football. I've loved the craft of it, and I also love basketball. And you hoop, huh? Yeah, so Damn, I hoop. What? So we might, okay. you know. That's what I said. Y'all were going to be best friends. I, 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 I tend to, um, like, now as far as for basketball, like, um, that's all I pretty much, on Instagram, I'm just always following different coaches and different type okay. of things because I love, I love the art of it. I love, you know, Phil Jackson and what he created as far as, you know, the triangle offense and things like mm. that. So... I did. I, I was. Um, we spoke about it. Yeah. It was kind of like early on. Like we had a, we had one of my uncles, my uncle Charlie, and we lived. We grew up away um, around the corner from a park. Like, like not even like a block away, right? So in that park, you right had there. the exposure of softball, um, soccer, football, and basketball. It's the different, yeah, yeah. different. And for me, it was football, right? Because it was physical, you know. Got you, and and. and yeah. And it's just kind of like, you know what? I like this. And then, which is his wife, my aunt, she's like, you know what? I'm signing up my sons for basketball. You know, what do you want to come? And that kind of became a thing. So I started playing. My bad to cut you off real quick. If you can get close to the mic, because I want to get the story, yeah. like the experience. Yeah. So you So now it's like you're the, you're the family or they're telling you like, you know, come get involved and stuff like that. And so from there... You start getting involved. Yeah, I started. I started getting involved in in it. You know, um, you know, it's one one thing. I I I still had a, a strong support. I felt you had people that were okay. invested yeah. in me, right? Um, I can honestly say that my aunt was one of them. You know, she was one of them. She was one of the individuals. Like, hey, you know, do you want to go play? I'm gonna take your cousins do you want to go and here let's go i'll sign you up i'll take you that's deep um and even through school like i went to a continuation school and she's like i'll take you like i'll sign you up i'll take you i'll pick you up like she was heavily invested in me and you know you still tend to not like take those things in because you're missing something like why is it my mom's not here taking me to school why is it that my mom's not taking me to a traveling team or you know um basketball games and, you know, that's kind of like it was discouraging for me at a young age because I would go to these games, whether it was football or basketball, and whether I was playing Pop One or whether I was playing um, high school football or whatnot, and then you turn to the stands and you don't see no family members. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, well, why the hell do I even come play? Yeah. You know, um, and, you know, I heard something the other yeah. day that it kind of touched me because... Those are the things that still get me choked up to this day. It's like, fuck, like, why was it that I wasn't getting this attention, right? But those are things that you're never really going to know because mm-hmm. you don't know what was happening at that moment. But um, I heard someone quote, and they were like, you know what? It was those times when I went to go play and no one went to go watch me that kind of fired me up to just do it a whole mm-hmm. lot more, right? And then, of course, that individual became an NFL legend, you know? But for me, it was like, Okay, you don't come watch me, like, I'm going to rebel, mm. you know, and I'm going to go do my own things. Yeah. You know, because apparently you ain't going to come see me either way, mm-hmm. you know, and I just started gravitating towards the things that pretty much, you know. Do you think those things got more attention than the positive things? That's right. That's what it seems like. Um, or you get more spotlight on you. 
when you do I, the negative. I, I feel I yeah I I felt that it did to a certain extent. Mm. You know, um, I felt that the things that I was doing that were positive were kind of like overlooked, and the things that were negative, of course, everybody wants to attend to those You're things. Right. Um, it's like you crying. Of course, people are gonna attend to it. Most yeah. people don't attend to a laugh. You know, that's deep. That's, that's real spit. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. It, it um, and for me, that's what kind of it was. It was, and you know, I just, I always think as basketball, you know, and and even going into prison, it was always a way for me to like find peace, mm. find my childhood back. You know, mm. it would because when you think about it, like you grew up and you had an interest in this, and then. There was no attention there. You had to kind of let that go, right? So then you replaced it with something else, which was negative. For me, it was drugs. Mm. You know, for me, it was drugs. For me, it was a lifestyle. For me, it was getting drunk, um, you know, messing around with multiple women. So you you exchange this for that. And then you go into prison. I mean, some of those things still occurred and still took place. But it was like, hey, they're playing basketball. Let me go try this out. Yeah, you know that that's a trippy part, right? Like, who would have known that once you get busted, all there is to do is fucking play sports like you're a teenager all day. Yeah, in the yard, that's all you're doing is playing sports, killing time, playing sports, anything you can play. Like, I've never played volleyball. I learned how to play volleyball in prison. You know, but I could have been doing that out here. I swear. You play volleyball in prison? Yeah, you play volleyball that's in prison. Yeah. Competitively. Hey, no, you, you, yeah. no, they have competitions. It gets that's real. It. it gets real. I bring the breast to the best from this yard and then this yard, and then you guys are playing a four-on-four against yeah. a team. Like, <laughs> Hey, volleyball is a legit sport, yeah. too, bro. Like, yeah. that, that's, that sport is legit. But you, so you started doing, now this started taking place now that you're in high school. Um, you never went through juvenile, you never got incarcerated no. in the juvenile halls or anything. No. I had got detained as much as that, mm-hmm. um, you know, because of the gang affiliation. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it was just like, I had never really entered the system at a young age. And the first and time what, Was you Crash through, out here like that? Oh, at that, at that yeah, era? Crash, what year? Like um, uh, early this 2000s? was like early 2000s. So Crash, were deep. Cr- crash was, used to yeah. be... You know, three times a week you were getting crashed mm. when I was when I was coming up. So you would get stopped, you know, and they did know you already. Mm. And in my situation, that was the thing, you know, like yeah. we, we know who he is, we know who he's with, you know. So it just became like a casual thing. Um, at least in a month, we would get stopped about three to five times. Crash was that like that gang task force? Yeah, they gang were, like, task identifying force. Where people were? Yeah, basically, what they did was they would arbitrarily. Uh, brand new as a gang member, mm-hmm. so they'll pull out these uh, FI cards, yeah. FI, FY cards, something like that. Get your name down. If your homeboys are already like validated or put on these cards, and you're kicking it with them, they would automatically group you with them. And so now, for example, you commit a crime in another neighborhood. Now was for yeah. the benefit of a gang. That's when all these laws came. And I think at that time too, um, there was still neighborhoods that you could still hang out ten deep on a corner. Crash stopped all that, right? Because now you're being lumped together. And everyone's sense. getting a violation or yes. people are going to jail. I think now they stopped it because what was happening is, sure, they were getting gang members, but then they were getting dudes that were just walking to the park, you know, that had nothing oh, wow. to do with it. Yeah. But it was grouping whole communities together. And, uh, you know, I don't know. It's a 50-50. I don't know if it worked or what were the pluses, cons. But well, I think out of that came the, the whole, you know, not that out of that, but out of that came, you know, when you think about the early 2000s and everything else that happened with the gang injunctions and the gang enhancements. I mean, you were just sentenced to, uh, you were sentenced 
sentencing a juvenile to life in prison just because he was a gang member. Yeah. yeah. Like, my crime, you know, uh, uh, unfortunately for what I did to my community, like, it only had repercussion. You would think that it had more repercussion because of your initial crime, but no, it was because, hey, you were a gang member. Mm. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so it, being a gang member, it had a high impact in your crime because it was something that was, um, I guess they categorize it as, you know what, there was thought into it. There was forethought, you know, there was this was something that you wanted to do, right? Rather than a simple person just kind of acts out and has this spasm. Yeah. Like, so it The was, whole passion of crime thing, if you're a gang member, is not a thing. Yeah. You can't just like, hey, some shit just literally happened, you know? People were getting, what is it, like 10 years just for that? And then the gun enhancements Damn. were another 10. And yeah. then, that's wild. yeah, a lot of people are still there because of those, those. again, I don't want to say draconian because I don't know who's to say what needed to be, what type of laws needed to be implemented yeah. to kind of, because it was hot in the 2000s. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of death in the 2000s, you know? So who's to say that was a good policy or not? Right. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Okay, so so you you didn't go to the juvenile hall, which is good, right? Did you feel like you were about to? Um, what what level of high school did you make it to? I made it up to like the tenth grade. Okay, so at that point though, there's a little light at the end of the tunnel of like, shit, maybe I'm gonna finish out these last high school years. Yeah. You may, I don't know if you were probably doing sports every now yeah. and then, still fucking around or whatever. Did you feel like that was gonna happen, or did you know like you no. know what this is getting worse? I'm about something. I didn't. I didn't feel honestly like I don't even know how I got to the tenth grade. I think that's you know that's kind of really highlights our, yeah. our you know LA district. There you uh, go. Uh, yeah. You know, you get all the way to the twelfth grade, you ain't even got the GPA, but you're there, you know? Yeah. Right. Um just for showing up. Yeah, for showing up, exactly. Yeah. And for me, that's what it pretty much was. Like I just showed up just to show up. You know, I showed up because, you know, I was selling at that time. So I would be the one supplying. And at school. And at school. And then you have all these things. And then you're you're, you're networking. You know, you have people are doing flower parties and they're doing this and they're doing that. And you're the one selling. That was the thing. I forgot about that. That was the whole flower Bro, I'd be coming out of middle school and you have people outside giving me fucking flyers (laughs) for an 18 and over party. I'm like, yo, what the fuck is this? Yeah. So that was kind of like the thing. And even now that we network in a you know, righteous way in the more professional setting. Like at that time, that's what you're doing also as well. You're Mm -hmm. networking, you know, I'm a dope dealer. I'm selling my Mm -hmm. dope, you know, Mm -hmm. who's having what? Okay. You know what? This is what I'm supplying and this is what I can do. Right. Right. So as we, I was kind of start getting close to, cause I want to really start touching too on like the after, the after component of, you know, your come up now being released. Let's talk about kind of what, at what age were you in car is when you got incarcerated. So at 18 years old, I was incarcerated. At 18? Um, December 14, 2007. What so took place almost that Almost fresh day? 18, basically? Um, yes. Um, Damn. So I had already, like, that night, um, like, for me, it was just a normal routine, right? Mm-hmm. Of a, like, it's almost like, you know what I kind of feel like? I took care of my chores in the morning. You know, did what I had to do to help my brothers and my mom and and whatnot. And I was like, I'm gone. We can come around. I'm gone. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'll strap up, get my little weed, whatever and whatnot, and just, just take off. I'm on the move. Yeah. You know, and that night, you know, it 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 was, it was something that it, it impacted my community, impacted me, impacted my whole family, it impacted our law enforcement. Um. Just simply based on the point that I was in my life, 
Mm-hmm. You know, you imagine I was 18 years old. I had just ran through these 18 years of just trauma, right? Yeah. Whether things had happened to me emotionally, mm-hmm. um, physically, mentally, spiritually, right? And I had come to the point in my life where I didn't want to live anymore. I didn't care. I didn't really care, right? There was contemplation of of of, of um, many things, right? And I had a su- a suicidal mentality. So if you were a law enforcement, if you were an individual, for me, it didn't really matter because I knew what I had signed up for and I knew what I wanted to do and I knew what I was destined to do, mm. which is basically like live by the gun and die by the gun. You know, so you already had came to that. I had already came to that. Yourself. So in that night, not to get too many too much details, mm-hmm. but that night, like we were off to commit a crime. You know, I had a crime partner. Um, at the time, he was a lot younger than me. And, you know, this individual, one, one thing I could remember, he was like very hesitant, you know, and I myself feeling that I was like the older gang member, the older mm. individual I was like, you know what? I got this. Don't worry about it. You just have to drive, you know, and we had a Jeep ride, you know, it, it was, it, we stole it around from the corner, you know, we, the whole thing was planned and prepared. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is a little smarter than your average Joe, because most shit just happens and then they end up with yeah. fucking triple life over something they didn't even, One, one thing know. I can say in our upbringings, and, and not to touch too much on that, but mm-hmm. we were scared we were scolded, like we were taught. Schooled. We whatever, were schooled. Yeah. Like we people people took that opportunity to school us and 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 mm. and, and even scold us with certain things. Hey, you can't do this, you can't okay. do that. You know, you're not supposed to do this, you're supposed to do that. So we had people telling us, hey, you know what? This is how you come up and this is how you do things. You know? So when it comes to that night, yeah, things were like planned. Because we knew what we needed to do. We knew what the plan was. And whether you want to take it that it was, you know, his 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 reentry into the gang or whatnot, um, we drove to the east side of, of, of South Central. Um, at the time, there was ra- a racial tension, mm-hmm. you know, and we were looking for anybody, anybody and anything that would come across our way, Right. At that point, what was kind of like destined for for him to to commit a crime that night, it was just like, you know what? I got the gun. Don't worry about it. Like, mm. you just drive. I got this. You're talking about your crimey. And I'm talking about my crimey, okay. you know? And that night, for whatever reason, like, I just, I felt, you just, you know, you just feel different. You feel different. Mm-hmm. You know, you do feel different. You feel like, you know what, like everything else around you, blacks, Blacks out and and um, we had we had come to an intersection and at uh, you know on the east side of, of, of South Central and um, two officers passed us you know they put the light on us they got behind us and of course they did their job you know of, you know responding to a vehicle that had been stolen mm. you know um, it was the night or something like that it was at night this was, so you stood out like th- a sore th- thumb. this was already like towards eleven yeah. o'clock at night. You know, and you see um, two bald-headed Mexicans in the car. Pullover. Yeah. You know, it's a pullover. And for me, at that point, like, I had my, you know, at, at the gun that I had at that time, I had it clocked back. And my whole philosophy was if the if the gun's clocked, we got to use it. Mm. We can't not let this gun 
That yeah. was what we accepted. At the time, that was no the mentality. Way. That was yeah. the mentality. So, you know, we took them on a pursuit, these officers, and we got to where I grew up, right? And I told my crime partner, you know what, man? Like, don't stop. Don't stop. At that moment, I came out the window and I discharged my firearm, you know. And at the cops. At the cops. cops. What, what did uh, your criming say? Because you said he was a little right. more reserved. What happened when um, he said, don't stop? Did he well, like, nah, he, what? He did, and I think he was also, like, just spooked, you know. He was also He's just, just kind of like, you know what? like Doing it. I, I think at the time he was, like, 16. I, okay. I'm, I so can't really recall. It's been years. But he was also, like, like... Damn. And you know you're 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 listening to your old yeah. to your older homeboy. You really right. don't have a say so at this point, right? And I just I just charged my 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 firearm, my gun, and you know at that point, like it's crazy because I was still thinking about what I was doing and what I needed to do. You know, you're saying like right in that moment, right everything that, was right very clear. Right at that moment, were, yeah. you know. And of course, I was intoxicated. I had drugs in my system and all this. Not to say that to justify anything, yeah. but that just seems to get anything out of your your system. Any mm-hmm. type of edge you have, any type of judgment, like, man, I don't care, bro. I'm a gangster, you know? I'm a Queen Latifah this right now. <laughs> yeah. Like, and Set you, it off. And, yeah. And yeah, I'm setting it off, you know? like, And in the event, you know, I'm, I'm thankful that the officers didn't get hurt, mm-hmm. you know? Um, my crime partner stopped the car. Uh, it kind of like crashed in. Okay. And to the park where I grew up playing up sports. No way. The same you know, park the same that park, you used. The same oh, park. Oh, man. So that was like our destin- like our destination. Like, we need to get to the park and just run. You know, at the time, the park was under construction. So there was like this whole plan. I'm going to throw the gun, and we're running, and we're doing our thing. And no, it didn't happen that way. He stopped the car. Instantly, I came out the car with the gun on my left hand, and I was shot. And, and he didn't know, though. He, he didn't know that you were gonna bust at the at the no, damn. So I got hit. You know, I got they hit. They shot back. Yeah, the cops I got, shot you back. Hit? I, I got hit and I hit the floor and they went through the whole process. Of course, you know, securing the 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 area and everything. And you know, like I'm I was missing half my finger. I'm shot in my legs. Like, mm. and even at that point, like. You know, it's crazy because I, I looked at my transcripts after, like, mm-hmm. when I'm getting ready for go to, to go to board. And, like, you instantly, like, when you do something bad, you say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Mm. Right? But, like, I, I was wondering, like, man, was, was my apology based on, like, on empathy, like, based on, on remorse? Was, was it based on something that was real or was it just because I got caught? You know? Super important and, realization or... or question you know and, what I, mean? and like, I and i like i had to really question that because i did but and then i quickly went on to banging like these officers were of course reading me about rights or whatnot and then i'm over here just like half a finger and i'm banging you know and i'm and i'm and i'm proud of what i did so you knew you were shot you knew you were bleeding everywhere you didn't think you were gonna die or anything like that um you know at that point like really like i don't really think I didn't think and that even, like I just kind of like I'm I'm zoned out, bro. I'm I'm numb. I'm numb to this shit. I'm numb to it. You know, I do remember like I had this little Virgin Mary that my mother had gave me, and I was just like very devotional to her, like always praying to her and and just asking her for guidance and whatnot. And it's something that's in the Mexican culture, 
And I remember I grabbed her and I was just like, man, if I die right now, man, please like forgive mm. me for my sins. Right? So like I had to some extent that spiritual side to me still, you know, and even though I was doing all these bad things, right? And I knew the impact it had. Like at 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 that moment, you really don't grasp it, but you know you did bad. Yeah. Right? Even a three-year-old child, he knows if he did bad at that. Mm-hmm. You don't grasp it, but you know you did something that you were not supposed to. You know, and I kind of like set off my thing to prison. Like I, I of course, I was given treatment. <laughs> I was given what, treatment. What, what happened to your crime? Did he um, get hit or no? I, to this day, I, I really don't know. Really? To this but day, he took off. He, he no. He he. They they capture him. Okay, there and, and then, everything. Okay, and he just went on his separate his way. His okay. way. You know, and you know one thing. Like <clears throat> I take ownership. I take responsibility and accountability. Um, at that point, I really didn't care. Like, I'm, I'm a dumb criminal. I'm like the ones, like, if we all go commit a crime, like, it was me. Mm. Like, you know, so I went and go ahead and took responsibility. You know, what is me, man? Let him do, man. He's a child. Go ahead. You know, I planned this out. I thought this out. Regardless, if we're me. both in this, like, I'm the older individual in this, and I got to take ownership, and I got to move forward. So that was my, my state of mind when I entered the county. Like, I committed my crime, and of course, it's glorified. Like it's like it brings you to like a, a like a like a higher level of yeah. of, of um, you know respect amongst yeah. you know your 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 homeboys or whatnot. Yeah. So everybody's like, man, you shot the cops. Like, right. Oh, bro, that's some crazy shit. Mm-hmm. That's the shit that you know some people do and don't live, or you only see on TVs, right? So. At that time, I didn't see it that way. I didn't see it like, well, I did it because I knew it was going to bring me this type of like respect or it was going to cause this ripple effect. No, I did it because this is a lifestyle I was living and this is what I had come to, right? And, but it doesn't help when you enter, you know, LA County and you got older homeboys, hey, bro, much respects, you know, this, this, and that, and you lived and you survived and, and now you, you know, you get to work up the ranks and do yeah. whatever it is that you want to do. So I almost felt that I didn't have to try harder because of what I was already incarcerated for. Got you. Say so just saying that and I think anywhere that can apply anywhere when you're dealing in like the criminal aspect, anything against the cops is always something that's going to be okay, good job because you're on the other side of that fence or that lifestyle, you know. So whether it's here, anywhere, anywhere in the country. Um did 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 um so when you got hit they didn't treat you any different they didn't need you know like right. so now I think the differences between then and now they probably had chirps at most at that time mm-hmm. if that right yeah or they had chirps kicks. yeah um, um, small phones were not even like you, you know still what I'm had saying to, brr, brr, where you at yeah you know, like you that's, at? that was the thing back then you got any minutes or something yeah you like got that? any minutes <laughs> yeah <laughs> like that was that was the um, whole little thing on that. So, yeah, I'm thinking along the lines of, like, it wasn't, you didn't get to see the shit like you do now where you're like, fool, you shoot at the cops, it's a death sentence now. So, uh, having all that, and then, like, I'm assuming you get shot, you would think from the videos we see now, they leave you, like, they're not going to give you no attention, they're not going to want to call the ambulance, you know? I feel, even though that it was 15 years ago, we were, like, that example for what goes out now. Like, what what I think about it, like, when I was getting ready to go to board and I'm was going through my rehabilitation process and I would turn on the TV and you would see all these things that happened, right, within the brown and black community, like, and you see officers getting sentenced and whatnot and shootings are happening and individuals going through his neighborhood, he's just a kid and he's getting shot, like, 
I think back one day I sat back and I was watching because we've seen all these things that happened, right? Mm. George Floyd and all, and I'm I'm sitting in my cell like, bro, like I caused that, right? I caused that ripple effect, and my cell is like, no, you didn't, bro. Like, you had nothing to do with that crime. I'm like, well, of course I did. If you think about it, bro, I am the reason why a LA police police officer doesn't approach the gun and tells you, "How you doing, sir? Can I see your oh, license and registration?" Man. Like, how are you doing today? It's a beautiful day. You know, I'm just stopping you for a driver infraction and whatnot, mm-hmm. this, this, and that. No, I'm the reason why the officer comes to you and his gun's already out. Mm. To avoid the situation. To avoid yeah. the situation because it's trauma. It's generational trauma. It's something that I already, it's a ripple effect. You know, this conversation we're having now, it's a ripple effect. It's something that perhaps it might not change somebody tomorrow, but perhaps it can change somebody mm-hmm. in 50 years, 100 years, or however long we're going to be on this earth, mm-hmm. you know? And I feel that my actions on that day was a ripple effect, you know? So now we see what goes on on TV. Like, you can't blame an individual for, for, for valuing his life, right? Yeah. You Like, he's a, he's a man just like yeah. you. He's a woman just like and you. And he's working a nine to five. He's, he's just working, trying to get in, and, get and, out. And, 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 and you respond to a hostile environment, yeah. and you respond to these communities like L.A., South Central, Watts, Compton. Like, what do you expect? You know, I grew up with that mentality. It was always like, man, F the police, F this. You don't call the cops when something's going on. Someone breaks into your house, you pull out and you bust. Yeah. You know, we had signs in our house that said, man, don't mind don't mind the dog, beware of owner. And it had a big old 357, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. like oh, how do you man. even explain that in your community? Correct. Right? Officers don't show up. So I grew up in that, in that system. And then, you know, you take it and you put it in you apply it to my crime and then afterwards when you start going through the re- rehabilitation process and you start finding healing and you start finding answers and you start trying to adjust your way of thinking then you look at it, it's like bro like these are men and women just like me mm-hmm. right C- crazy what uh time and, and getting older does to you huh <laughs> yeah that's that's the crazy part you so, so you start now you've you get it. so talk to us about that day when they're giving you the sentencing because i know that's a wild story you Went from a very high number, and it's just yeah. Um, in the, in the, no, real quick, uh, what I'm interested to know. So there's these stories that if you get busted for shooting at a cop, that the cops beat you up left and right. Did that happen? Like I heard those. Like you like, do not want to be in there for one, shooting one, at a cop. One thing, I got my ass whooped, man. By the sheriff's. Mm. I got my ass whooped. I got my ass whooped. I got my ass whooped. Any opportunities they had, I got my they ass did. whooped. And back then it was when they had them them uh when the whole the crew uh, or whatever the crew and, yeah. and you know not the to get here with names the people they indicted and everything, yeah. right? And, and at that time, like I was getting my ass whooped. Fuck. Like those are things I don't talk to my wife about, my brothers, my family. Like I don't even discuss them with just any regular Joe Blow because like for me it was like the lifestyle. This was what mm. what, what I had coming. I accepted that, right? Like you know, my mother and my grandmother, like, they would show up to visit me and show up to visit me like at 8 in the morning and they don't see me until like 4 in the afternoon. Why is that? Right? They read what you they, did they, oh, and okay. they're like, oh, this yeah. dude. And then, you you know, you, you tend to like, hey, bro, whatever you do, don't get into the elevator with these dudes. Mm. Right? Or don't take the stairs because mysteriously you'll fall down. Right? And... I got to experience all that. I really did. Like I got to have my arm broken. I and and 
you know, by the same, by same individuals. So, yeah. and I knew it, but it's just like the punishment. I knew that the punishment was self-inflicted. Okay. Like, yeah. I like, Hey bro, like I know I did this shit to you. And you know, at that time, like, you know, you have officers come and they know what you're incarcerated for and they're coming to your cell and they're not giving you breakfast. Right. They're not giving you breakfast or you don't get a juice. So, like, mentally, you're already getting fucked, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know? And then, hey, excuse me, sir, I didn't get mail. I don't give a fuck. Damn, just thinking you know, about like, even those like, small things. Like, even right. your mail's all messed up now. You, like, ruin the chances of any little luxury. Like, whatever, mail, hygiene, anything, or whatever, a plate of food. Like you said, man, that's fucking nuts to think and, that. And it's crazy because you ask, and then your door gets open. And all you hear is... Keys coming. They go in there. And you go in there. So at that point, you're like, bro, how do I do this? How do I fight? Like, do I just lay down? Do I what what do I do? Because if I put tips on this for when I end up winning, I'm gonna get jumped. Okay. I'm gonna get fucked up. Mm -hmm. And then I'm gonna get an ad charge. Right? Mm -hmm. So it's just like you have to adapt and you have to learn how to survive in that situation. And like I honestly, bro, like, L.A. County fucking made me. It broke me, and then it made me. Because I was like, you know what? If I can get through this shit, I can get through anything in life, right? Like, I know what it is to feel, have a fucking 300-pound individual, you know, like, just laying over your ass and just, like, giving it to you, and you're hopeless. And I was, like, a fucking buck 50 at the time. Like, it's yeah. manhandling you. you yeah, yeah you're, you're being manhandled. Right and I don't know, but you're trying to recover from your physical wounds. So this happened while you were still... While I was still... I, 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 while, my, while my hand was healing, while my knee was healing, you know, like there's a lot of things that, that I was still going through, right? And you're still trying to process your, 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 your situation. And, and I want to say that I love the fact that you said... You're, you're not uh, judging them for that because you're saying, I did fuck up. I did what I did. Right. So is that a... Is that a good, you know, just because, and the, I know we're going to get it and they're right in the comments that people say, oh, but he did this, you know, yeah. you don't think it's right that they, again, I'm not saying right or wrong, but again, there's a system for everything and they use the system wisely for everything else. Why not stay within those lines? But when it comes yeah. to something like that, they want to go outside of it, you know, yeah, well, because and fucking get their the little day, two cents in. You, you know? have people, you know, we have people. And if I was willing to sit there and terrorize my community mm. and I was willing there to, you know, aim this gun and shoot at these officers, like, they're people just like me. So right. emotions come out. Yes. And a lot of times it's like, well, these people got to be professional. You know, they took an oath. Like, okay. Like, I'm not sitting here and campaigning for these motherfuckers mm -hmm. either, but, like, like it, it was a two-way street. You know, it was a two-way street. Definitely. And an individual, like, when you sign up for it, you need to understand, like, this is what you're signing up for, right? And how do you get the proper training and how do you get the proper yeah. understanding of how to deal with individuals that are coming into the prison system, you know, and whatnot, and they're dealing with certain things. And then not only that, but you're taking it personal because now it's a revenge thing, right? And like, these are things that I feel that you can get all the training in the world, but at the end of the day, you're human. So you're going to yeah. have a natural yes. instinct. Yeah. Right. Yeah, definitely. That's what it is. You know, not saying it's right or wrong, but Definitely, you know, they, I'm glad that you, you just said it is what it is. That's part of it. They're human. They had to go back to their wives. So when they see you, they're probably a little hot because they're like, 
you know, you could have taken one of my partners. One of their, they probably call each other brothers. One of my brothers away from his. Yeah. You know, so then it's fucked up because the broken arm situation that you just mentioned. I've heard of stories like dudes damn near getting. I've definitely seen the dudes no teeth. You know, over a, not even a shooting like they could say assault on a cop. They I used to hear stories where dudes would get beat up for that by them. You know, but again, what is the? Are they in the right? I don't fucking know, but it's definitely something to touch on. You know? The other perspective, too, that I was telling uh, Tina, I was like, now that you're out, it's like, it's the idea. It's like, when you call the cops, now you're expecting them to come and save you. Well, hopefully. Yeah, yeah you want to follow every rule now. Like, yes. You know, we were just yeah. driving the other day with me and my wife, and there was this solid yellow line, mm-hmm. you know, and, babe, can we pass that? We can't pass that, man. In the book, it says you can't pass solid lines. Correct. <laughs> She's like, you can do it here. I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know? Yep. But, like, you're second-guessing, and you're Correct. really wanting to abide yeah. by the rules and regulations of what society has, yeah. you know? Like, because you've learned, like, and it goes back into, like, you know, we'll touch a little bit, but it goes back into, like, the prison, like, corrections and mm-hmm. rehabilitation, mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like, most people don't really get it for what it is, like, you're going into this prison system, and what is the prison system? Corrections. Corrections department, right? Is there to correct your ass, right, you know? Right. And to ask some type of rehabilitation, whether you take it or not, whether you make an excuse, it's at the end of the yeah. day, it's there. Yeah. You know? that, that's crazy. That you, t- you articulated it the way that I had always pictured it, is like, that place made me so fearful of the law. You know, because yeah. I know the consequences. I know getting into a bar fight can end up with 15 years. Discharging a firearm, another 25 years. Yeah. I never knew these things. You, you're living like a movie when you're a teenager, not knowing that you, you fuck, you know, your, your whole life will be thrown away in an instant, you know. It sets you straight. It sets, sets you straight, straight, man. You know, like I remember um, at 19, I got sent off to prison, like, and then like, you know, they send you to reception, you know, it's the process, yes. right? So they send you to reception. And then, like, everybody's getting their bags. You know, persons, people are going to Corcoran, Calipad, and, you know, High Desert, and whatever is it that they're going to. And then you get my bag, and it's just, like, Pelican Bay State Prison. Like, That was your right, first spot. That was, that was my first spot. That was your first spot. So it was just man. like, oh, shit. Oh, like, <laughs> I, remember, I, I remember, like, I didn't speak to my family for a while, right? Like, this was almost, like, three or four months. Like, even a little longer. And I called one day, and... You hear my mom, my sister, and this side of the phone, and they're crying. They're like, "Why did they send you to Pelican Bay?" Far as like far. that is that is a prison that's designed for gang members. Mm-hmm. Like, mom, I'm a gang member. Like, really, like man, that's kind of crazy. But huh? your mind is yes. like they're afraid because of what they see on 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 you know the internet or whatnot, right? And it's designed to hide, you know, to 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 house your maximum. You know, yes. that's what's it. What you just said is really interesting to me, though. That family component, they don't even see you as a gang member. Well, you literally have no, gang member the... on, on your hat. <laughs> it says gang member. Yeah, that's like but, a joke. And he's saying, Wait, what do they say? Like, oh no, this is me. That's that's just my baby. That's my kid. That, he ain't nothing. They, he ain't never did nothing. They see you with different eyes. That's family, though. <laughs> they see that's, you with different yeah. eyes. And, and I think that at that point, too, though, like, I had to really start assuring my mom and kind of tell her, like, mom, like, I'm not who you think I am, mm. you know, like she would always tell me like, um, you know, I'm always going to see, I'm always going to be there for you regardless of what we've gone through. But I would be like, mom, you know what? You should save the conversations with your friends of trying to paint a perfect picture. Like, this is what it is. Like your son is a fuck up, you know? Shit. And like, I mean, the love of a mother, like, bro, like 
That's her mom's. That's her mom. No like what, regardless yeah. if you know, she always told me, I don't care if they send you to Russia, China, or whatnot, wherever your house, I'm gonna go see you. And like that's commitment, bro. You don't yeah. get that from anybody. You know, and and that's big because regardless of what we went through, like whether regardless if there was turmoil there, like at the end of the day, it's like, you know what, I gave you life, I'm gonna go see you. Yeah, yeah. I, I think just instinctual. That's the role of a parent to their kids, no matter who they are. You know, that's just you have to be my. That's how I feel towards my kid. You know, yeah. I don't care who it could be, the worst kid ever, but to me, it's my kid. It's just, yeah. You know, I'm gonna hold him on a pedestal. Um, real quick. So, how much did they sentence you to? Thirty six years. Thirty six years with 36 half years. or with thirty? Not thirty six years. They were talking at, about at, life at though. Point, I had two life sentences. At one point, yeah. it was like two life sentences, and nothing was happening. That was know? a deal. That was a deal. Uh, you know. And, it, and and <coughs> you sit there and you're like two life senses like well but I remember my 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 um, my attorney had came into the little room where they keep you before you go and she was like Mr Ernesto Sanchez you gotta take uh, either you have to take life or if you go to trial you're still gonna get life I was like well how does that make any sense mm-hmm. um, so a day before my trial how does that make any yeah like. like you're saying like, the deal is life or I lose life where am I well, where am I where am yeah. I and, and this is like a paid attorney. You know, like oh, this, so no like, PD, wow. no like state money, appointed? Money was dropped on her, you know? No way. Money was dropped because they were going to hang your boy. Like, they're, yes, I'm, yes. I'm gone, right? And I guess that at that point, like, hiring attorneys and then, you know, trying to do that part, it, it affects it in a major way. But I remember the lady came in. I'll never forget this because she told me it was, like, right before, like, we were going to pick, um, you know, go to trial, like, and she's like, oh, you should take 36 years. Like, you'll be good. I'm <laughs> like, what do you mean take 36 years and I'll be good? She's like, yeah, I had a friend that took 40 years and he's home after 25 years. And I'm like, what the fuck? Here you have this lady. And not to just categorize, but here you have this white lady telling you this. And I remember I was hot. I was like, you know what? Um, I was like, you take those fucking 36 years and then you tell me how that shit went. Because at this point, you're offering me 36 years with two strikes, right? So not even just 36. And like, here's two strikes. Go fuck up. Like, go catch life in prison. Like, we're just going to hang you. We're just going to give it to you for what it is, right? And at that time, youngsters going up there with two strikes... You're more than likely, especially with that type of sentence, you're eventually going to catch the extra strike. So three strikes, you're out. Yeah, in, and in, you prison. Can catch in prison. You can catch right. it simply. Anything. You can catch yeah. it simply with with drugs, a knife, a stabbing, mm-hmm. That's a strike. Or, or an attempted murder, or a murder. You know. That's fucked. And I remember that, like my mom was like, "Please, she's like, if you take this, my mom was like, if you take this, it will give you an opportunity." I was like, "An opportunity to what? To live thirty six years in prison and come out? If I come out, I'm like, yeah. mom." The rate that I'm going, I won't even probably see the five years, you know? Sure enough, like, I took the 36 years. So you, you after a bunch of back and forth, yeah, I'm sure you were at, like, not with terms with it. You're battling it in your head. I went through a similar situation with my brother when we got sentenced. Um, so I can understand how just the idea that you are forced it's weird forced to willingly sign for that much yeah. time yeah it doesn't make sense to you because you're but then again you're like okay there's no life sentence so i'm gonna go ahead and put my signature knowing damn well that you don't want to serve that but yeah but you, there's but no you, alternative but you have to and then when you're in la county at the time like they say la county is a lot better i hope it is but 
you don't want to sit in LA County. You sit down, you catch MRSA. Yeah. You know? Mercer. Like, you turn around, you're fighting. Like, um, th this shit was big, too. Even when I, in 2009, when I was there, um, it's basically staff was prevalent throughout all uh, the county yeah. jail. Like, and that's basically a you version can put, of it. You, can, you have a payphone and you can put it, you know, close to your cheek and you wake up tomorrow morning and you have a big bump on your face. Yeah. Type thing, you know? From how dirty and the amount of people that get moved left and right, like sanitation wasn't a big thing, I guess. So people were literally, I guess in uh, the MMA world, I heard you go to those gyms, if they don't clean these mats, people are getting these crazy staph infections. Right, I can see that. Same thing with the prison. So you can imagine even more so because no one's, you're, you're eating off of and if rusty you have bunks, wounds, you know? If you have entry wounds. Oh, man. I had entry wounds. So it's like, you know, you have my leg that's, you know, half blown out. And then just like, man, like, I'm easily exposed to this. Mm -hmm. That shit eats at your skin, though. It, it, yeah. it, it, would, it would tear, it would, it would eat at your bone, you know? So you're yeah. traumatized. I had it right here, low key, and that shit was just like easily just start. You slowly just start to grow. Really? Yeah. What? Like that, dog. <laughs> but yeah, it, was, it was high school. Those, those are things that, like, you're sitting in the county, and you're like, you know what? Like, I'm gone, man. I got to get the fuck out of here. Mm. You know, so it's kind of like you want to go upstate because people tell you, hey, when you get upstate, you get a TV, you get a hot pot, you know, you get jobs and you get yeah. this and you get that. So you're like, fuck, I want to go up prison already. I don't want to stay here. Right. And yeah, I got sent off to prison and, and you know, um, my situation, I got sent to Pelican Bay and, and I quickly got involved and I quickly, you know, started just trying to become more involved. Right, um, learn the ins and outs of things, and for my thing, it was like you know what, like I want to get to a higher position, right? Well, man, uh, uh, among that world, that's among, what you, among, you were striving among, for. Among, that, in among that? The, amongst that world, and you okay. know, I was, I was at that time, I was kind of like I took it as a blessing because I was amongst men that, like, whether they were my cellies or my mentors in prison, they were like, well, this is how you have to do things, and this is what you do, and this is what you don't do, so like. I quickly had to like grow. I quickly. Oh had yeah, to yeah. Grow. You had to turn you into know, adult fast. I, I, exactly, and I'm thankful for it because it got to a point where, like, you can see my mentors were looking at me like, "That's right, fool." Like, yeah. Like you know, and and then these are dudes that, you know, we talked about early on. Like, you're missing that father figure. Like I didn't have older brothers, right? Gotcha. So you're seeing these dudes, and they're like, "Man, that's right, fool." Like, do your shit, you know, and 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 you're acting out, and you're committing certain things and whatever it is and that's kind of like what your life becomes bro like and you're sitting there and you you don't think you're going home like you're just trying to get through that 24 hours right and that's what my mind had really just become right the lifestyle of being a gang member wow. so yeah, at this point how old were you when you got sent up there 19 or something 19 so you only fought your case for for not that long man no for that type of crime, remember we said it before, no, yeah. normally those crimes, I see dudes in there for attempts for three, four years. Yeah. You know, yeah. just fighting the case before you even get sentenced. Did you know that that bus ride was going to be that long? Hell no. I didn't know. How far is that? Redwood up towards Oregon. You have to basically go through you Oregon and come back out mm -hmm. and go like into California again to be at the Del Norte, Humble, Humble County, mm -hmm. whatnot. And you were coming from here, right? I, no, I, I, came, I came from Delano. I went from the oh, lane, reception. I went from the lane okay. reception all the way to the bay. And it was just like the longest. And then you get down and then, of course, you hear it through movies. You watch it through documentaries. Uh -huh. 
And then you're like, you get down and it's like, don't look down, look up. Like, what the fuck? What you like, really? Okay. Like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, like, don't look down. You got to look up. So you're coming out the bus and you're like looking up. And I don't know for whatever the fuck they, they do that, whether it's a, like a, a scare tech. Mm, I don't like know. to the sky? Like, yeah, look up. Don't look oh, down. What the fuck? So they're, they're escort, <laughs> escorting you to wherever you need to go looking up. That's fucking And not until you hit, get into a small room or, or whatever, then you can look down. So like this is... this like That's this new. Shit, yeah, I didn't, I've never heard of that. You're being affected by it because you're like, what the fuck? But then that persona starts evolving too. Because now you got them shackles, but you're walking like... Mm. I'm in the bay, bro. Like you know, this is where mm. where the big boys are at, right? right? You you already kind of had that the the that idea of that place already yes. from well from the county and all that, right? Yes. Like, yeah, like when people like like I remember I was in reception. I remember one of my roommates was like, "Bro, you're going to the bay." I'm like, ah, "Why?" He's like, "I've been dying to go up there." Like, wow. what the fuck are you talking about? Right, like, like you what? just told me this is like a place that's twenty hours away. He's like, "Yeah." But, it's a good place up there. Like, it sucks, food. That's when you're thinking ass backwards like that. That's the place where yeah. you want to go or you want to yeah. be. To say you made it, I guess. I don't, you know, I guess. It's right? like kind of like, like the Yale and the Stanford of universities. That's a great way to you put know, it. Like, yeah. you're, you're yeah. looking at it, right? And at that time when I went, like, it was rocky. It was still rocky. There was nothing that was taking place as far as recreational things and nothing like rehabilitation you know, programs. Rehabil- none like, of that no, was this big. was like I couldn't go to school, right? And, and and if I did, it was just for certain things, and that's it, you know. And you weren't being moved. Like these were were not were in lockdowns. This is way before the hunger mm-hmm. strikes and everything took place, because this is when you would be on lockdown for about a year, six months. And people would order you a package, and your fucking package would be there for like months, you know. And you'd be eating some stale ass honey buns. Really, fuck. You know, and like in the opportunity, you did have to go to store. You don't go buy chips and beans. No, you go buy about three fucking four hundred dollars uh, worth of mm. soups, because you know that hey, we're going back on lockdown, and I need a soup for every fucking day of the week that we're yeah. potentially gonna go hungry. How often was lockdown happening in Pelican? At that time, it was happening. It was happening. It, it, it was happening more frequent than, than than what it is now. Now they have a system which is no fourteen days. Lockdowns can be no longer than fourteen days. Mm. But that took place after the hunger strike. Yeah, which is the hunger strike is something that I also participated under. Oh really? Right. Oh, well, fifteen. That. You yeah. were there that yeah. long. Yeah. So we we touched on that, and the reason I told Brian, I was like, uh, um, I was like, we we got to bring it up just because. That became one of like the changing points for a lot of the stuff that was going on in yeah. there, you know, and it brought a lot of positive attention and a lot of good stuff to to prison to for those that want to help out. Because now, luckily, we can't say that no more. If I get somebody out here that tells me there wasn't shit in there for me, stop it. There, there's a lot of things like, there. Yeah, you know? bro. Like people die, bro. Yeah. People, yeah. Like, you know, people sacrifice things in order for somebody else to be successful and mm-hmm. having opportunities like. I don't talk about the hunger strike, and I don't even like even when I started changing. I don't tell, man, I was available. I did the mm-hmm. hunger strike. Like, nah, we knew what I needed, what we needed to do when we were there, and and it was a, a direct order, and it was like, okay, hey, I'm gonna do this shit, right? And like, I, all my shit was sent home. Like, you know, you're stripped away from everything. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And for me, it was kind of like it was a conditioning though type thing because I had already been to the hole. I had already been to like the shoot and. 
even when I was in the shoe, I was limited to my like my, my my diet, right? What I was eating, what I was intaking, because I had to stretch out my my food, you know. So being in this hunger strike mm-hmm. kind of kind of was like, you know what? I already eat small por- um, portions of food, right? And it just kind of like it was something that I did, and then like I I, I don't want to say that I'm I wasn't proud of it, but at least I was part of something that made a difference. Because yeah. that's important. It, yeah. it helped a lot of individuals, um, whether it was with more recreational time, um, with more things that can help them, you know, come out of prison. Um, it took like a ripple effect. It took a ripple effect. And I'm, I mean, those are things that like they impact you, bro. Like they really leave something in you. And they're like, man, I was part of that. And this is what I did. And and. That was part of my life, you know. What was like your lowest point out there? Like your lowest point going through that? You know, that you could recall during the hunger strike or after, or during the during sentence, the, during the hunger first, during the hunger, and then from during the, during the sentence. during the hunger. Um, my lowest point was like, you know what? It was not until after, after the hunger, strike. after because I remember my mother went to go see me. Mm-hmm. All the way up there, huh? All the way up there. Man, tip your hat to your mom. And that's a drive. I remember our building wasn't cleared. You know? And I remember what, what do you mean by that? Like, like, so at that time, like, I mean, you put everybody on lockdown, right? So not to get too much into the small details of it, but like they're clearing buildings by buildings to actually start programming. Oh, okay. Right? So like, you know, we yeah. they, other people mentioned it before when they just to see what's gonna happen yeah, or how to people see, react. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And by my luck, my building wasn't, I was supposed to get cleared, I think it was like on a Saturday, and we didn't get cleared till like Sunday. So my mother went up there to go see me, and oh, man. they're like, well, we're, we apologize, you can't see your son. Fuck. Like, you can see him, but it's only for an hour or two. So and, now you, and not physically either, not probably physically, right behind, that's behind the glass. glass. So like... At that point, I think we had already spent more than enough time of not seeing each other. And I remember that I, when I showed up to the window, like, you see me how I am now. Okay, did you have the tattoos before? No, I, I had them th- when, I, when I was incarcerated. And your mom hadn't seen you with no. the tats? Oh, shit. So you just, like, you imagine, like, you just see this grown-ass individual now with, you know, more than enough tattoos. Yes. And then you see my little brothers, and my little brothers were like, "What the fuck?" You know. Question on that: Do you what 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 did you feel in that moment, or were you even on that like training train? Tr- was that your train of thought? My thing would have been like, depending on where I was at, right after two three years, I was already like, "Fuck, I don't want nothing to do with this place." Um, like seeing the look on him, look at you with that, I would hate to to have seen some little spark of like. That's my big brother. He's fucking cool. I think the one that's after me did. Right? Because the one that's after me, he's like, he sometimes straddles, you know, Mm. the the, the, the fine line. But I think it was for him, he was like, whoa. You know, like, that's my brother, you know? And he was fucking up too at the time, too. Okay. You know? But it was also um, my little brother was just more like because my little brother I know that he had like he has this love for me I know he does like I since he was a kid I got to take care of him because my mm-hmm. mother was was sick at the time when she had him mm-hmm. so I have to I had really took care of him and we had made that connection so 
you know, me going off to prison, I know that it impacted him a lot, right? And then, of course, you see my mother. You Like, my mother, it broke her. Like, you just like, fuck, like, I completely lost you, bro. Like, you're just, you've become what this place is, you know? Right. Literally. Literally, yeah. like, the perfect image of it, yeah. technically. Did you, were you, like, the man of the house, technically, before you got busted? Is that? No, no. Okay. I had a stepfather. Um, my stepfather was involved, but it was just, like, you know... I didn't acknowledge my stepfather. Okay. I didn't, you know, like I didn't have no respect for him. Um, why? Because I still had that kind of like conflict, like that inner turmoil too of like, you're not my father, bro. Like you're, you're, you're the father of mm -hmm. these two kids, but you're not my father. Yeah. So I was just like, you can't tell me shit, mm -hmm. you know? And that's how it kind of was. Like he never really had a direct word towards us. Right. Gotcha. Because it was just like, well, you're not my dad. And I, I was a little dick and I was like, fuck. You know, I, I you're let, in your own world. Yeah, yeah, I let it be known that, hey, you know, I'm not going to really abide by your rules. Like, you're not the man of the house, at least for me. You know, like, my dad's my dad, you know? Yeah. 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 But um, it's kind of weird how that even plays out at the end, too. Yeah. Yeah. No, And the only reason I mention it is because, uh, you know, that would have been more just something compounded to the issues that your mom was already having with missing you, especially if you were the one helping with the kids and changing diapers. And that's how I had to do it, you know, with my mom. Yeah. We were latchkey kids, you know, so we had to yeah. take care of the little ones and do all yeah. make beep it on and, and yeah. And, um, damn. Okay, so so how much time did you spend in the bay? Was that your whole your whole no, term or the majority? Um, of it? I got to spend from two thousand and eight, early on two thousand and eight, all the way to two thousand and fifteen. So that was a good chunk of time. Your yeah. points never went down, nothing, huh? Um, no, my points didn't go down. I remained with high points. Um, it being the stuff that I got involved in. And really what got me there was just the change, the change, you know, um, I end up just kind of stepping away from everything. Um, but even that was a process. Correct. Even, even yeah. that was a process. And the process was basically like, I had to basically step away from everything. Um, and not to any like conflict or anything. It was just that a motherfucker had like started experiencing shit. Mentally and emotionally, mm -hmm. you know, like I started having some type of like epiphanies and started reflecting like, you know, um, there was At, things. This that was were, after like the visit with your mom, ideally. Yes, this was. Because yeah, you didn't really okay. finish. If yeah. we could finish that real quick, because well, I feel like we didn't. After the visit. Oh, you're right. Yep. Yeah. After the visit, it pretty much just went to the same, sh the same stuff. Uh -huh. You know, like I went back to my cell and lived my life being in prison, you know. But it was not until episodes started happening in my life at around the time of 2013 at the end where things were like kind of like you really start questioning your environment, mm -hmm. right? Because I'm like a I'm a very analytical individual. I do a lot of introspective work on myself. I like to, you know, be present inside. Um doesn't mean that I'm perfect or anything. No, it means that I I'm I'm strongly aware of who I am, how I feel and what I do. And at that time, I had developed those things, right? So you start questioning your environment. Why is it that I'm the dude going to the hole? Why is it that I'm this? Why is it that Important I'm that? questions. Why is it that I don't have shit, you know? Like, why is it that I'm at a certain age and and and, and this is what I've come to? Right? You can sit here and you be like, man, well, this, this is what I signed up for. Like, I was raised into this shit, you know? Um, but that's not the reality. Mm -hmm. The reality is that you accepted this individual right? You accepted this lifestyle and it brought you to this point, but you start questioning when you start getting like real, really good people in your life, like really good people. I'm not talking about like 
These are people that are invested in you, that I really want you to succeed. And, right? and you're talking about other inmates, uh, other uh, lifers like, probably. No, no, or, not, or not even, even at that. Okay. Like other people outside of the prison system. Ah, mm. okay. You know, um, for instance, like my wife. There you, you go. You know, like when I met my wife, like this was an individual that at that point was like, you know what, like this is a girl that got her life together, right? She has both mom and dad. Like I remember one time, I, it, it, I I'm I'm I like humor. I was like, I was like, girl, like you got all your teeth. She's like, yeah, I got all my teeth. She's like, what type of girls should be dating? I'm like, yeah, well, that's the girls I know. They like they Eddie, miss your yeah. teeth, you know. Like you'd be surprised who yeah. writes motherfuckers in jail. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I was like, but it was just because of the lifestyle, you know. They yeah. had like five kids, you know. They they damn, just, you're right. I didn't, so yeah, and it doesn't make them bad girls, but it doesn't make them the girl that you would want for mm. yourself. For the future, right? Mm -hmm. And I remember, you know, like it bringing my wife's here, and I, I I brought it up many times, and this is how I took it. And you know, sometimes people say things, we just take it in a whole different way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I was interested in her, right? She's she's educated, she's a good woman, she comes from a good background, um, good work ethics and everything. Both mom and dad, which is something that I didn't have. So I was just like, man, like this is like a game changer right here. Like, yeah, like um, and I was like, man, would well, you want to be with someone like me? She's like, well, no, because you ain't got no life. You know? Oh, that and, was um, that was stated. <laughs> that was, that, oh, right. Like, hey, uh, whether it was, what it is. Whether it was word for word, but that's how it made yeah. me feel. Mm -hmm. But at least it inst I could tell it instilled something in you, though, to be like. It did. It got me mad. I was this like, can't you know, be it. I was like, you know what? Let's fuck this girl. Like, you know how many girls I can get and girls I can come across. But it was just like, this was the truth. No one had ever told me that. This was the yep. first person that had told me that, you know, and that's why I say like when people, good people come into your life, ah, okay, right? Like that gave me an opportunity to just sit back and be like, bro, like I'm a piece of shit. Like I really don't have nothing to offer anyone. Like I have to offer all my homeboys, but what do they have to offer? There me? you go. Right? Like we can sit here and say we ride together. Like, man, I just fucking took 36 years. I don't see none of my homeboys here. You know, like I, I don't get no packages. I don't get anything. Everything I do and I had did to that present moment of being incarcerated, I did it and it came out of me and it came out of hard work ethic, whether it was extortion, whether it was all these things that I had did in that yeah. lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Right. Nothing came from an individual <laughs> saying, you know what, bro, here, you know, and genuinely try to help me. Yeah. And when she came into my life at that time, unfortunately, <clears throat> I had lost both my grandparents. And to me, my grandparents were like probably like just of what it was for me to one day hoping to have what they had, right? Mm. Which was what they brought into the family, the culture, the love, everything else. That big family. That and big family, right? you know? And uh, at times I was like, yeah, I want to have 10 kids. And now I have one. I was like, proof. Well, we're good right mm -hmm. now. We probably mm -hmm. have one more later on, but it's, it's difficult. So just watching that my grandparents did that and then losing them. And then me being behind bars while I lost them, it was like an impact. It was mm -hmm. an impact because it was like, bro, like, I can't even attend to their funeral. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, and I remember I spoke to my grandfather and he was like actually already passing. He had um, colon cancer. And I remember I talked to him and, you know, I'm, I'm in the phone and these are 15 minute phone calls in the Bay. And at the time I didn't have a job. So you only get one call a month. 
you know. Oh, really, huh? Yes. You got to have a job. Yeah, this was that probably the time. even yard too. Yeah, huh? yeah, okay. yard. Yeah. Damn. So, I remember my grandfather had told me like, basically, get your shit together, bro. Like, you need to come home. You know, and for me that. Like, even though I respected my grandfather, and I think that he's probably, like, the highest in, in like our a family. a role model, it sounds. A, a role you know? model. Yeah. I never really, like, took it in, right? And you really don't take things in until you lose someone, mm-hmm. you know? And, that's and, true. And, 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 I, and I took it in, and I was just like, you know what? That's it. I need to fucking make a change. I need to make a change, and I need to get the fuck out of this place. Mm. Because... I even told my wife at the time when she was my friend, I was like, you paved the way for somebody else, right? I'm going to get my shit together. I'm going to go get my GED. I'm going to go to college. I'm going to go do all these yeah. things that I'm supposed to be doing. Did I know these things were going to be available? No. Did I know it was going to be easy? No. I just knew that I wanted something different, right? That I was ready to make that change. Yeah. And it's kind of crazy because, you know, they passed these laws that I qualify for, which is so, like the juvenile. I'm assuming it's SB 260. Yeah, SB 261. SB 261. And they say that the, the human mind doesn't fully develop it to the age 25. of 25. Well, guess what? At 25, a motherfucker started maturing. Yep. You know? And when I made that decision, it wasn't easy. Like, to this point, it was like, sometimes I do miss being a certain way. Right? Not bad, of course. Not a criminal. Not a gang member, but you tend to lose those characteristics and you become kind of a humble individual. You no longer become that that gorilla or or, or that that individual is like, you know, the aggression chest, just, the, the, just the ready, aggression. Yeah. No. You don't longer come into a room and you just make that presence like nah. Mm. Like the individual that I am now is just like, Hey, my name's Ernesto, how you doing? You know, mm. like like bro, you don't add up, you know? Yeah. And I had to like basically try to find myself again. And man, bro, like God's good because I ended up in Corcoran State Prison. It was a shoe kickout yard. And I got there and I remember that it was just like the worst place in the state of California. Corcoran, really? Corcoran. Oh, you know, um, someone did mention that, that because it was a kickout yard, it was the worst. Yes, it was the I, worst I yard you can be in the state of California. I'm talking about, I seen, we you know, we were speaking earlier about this. Like, I seen so many homicides. I seen so many suicides. I seen so many overdoses. Suicide. I seen so many things that if I felt that even the county or the bay was even, like, this was just like, bro, this right here is corruption to one, to the fullest. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, anything they talk about Corcoran that was, you know, whether it was back in the days, the gla- gladiator, gladiator fights, fights. And, you know, the corruption of in there, it had that. It had that. And it drugs were booming. Mm-hmm. Phones were, like, the thing. People were throwing phones. They, they, you know, they were probably, like, one step away from giving you a phone, an R&R, a cell phone, you know? That That's was how, a four-yard, too? That was a four-yard. Okay. So, <clears throat> you started seeing all this stuff. At what, what, how many years are you in now? When you're when you um, get at that point, I mean, at that point, I'm already probably like on my my tenth year. Okay, like tenth year. So damn, ten years it, it, before it was you. Like, man, bro, like being like at my tenth year, you know, and and when I say that it was bad, like that prison was bad, bro. Um, 
Then this is Sadif. This is no. This is old Corcoran. Old Corcoran. This is okay. old. We house Charles Manson, the potato yeah. killer, Juan Corona type. You know gotcha. things like we house the dudes that killed Bill Cosby's son. Like, like this. This is this is right here. You're housing high maximum like weirdos, killers, all type of mm. people. They just put them all in one pot, right? So you have different units, of course, different yards and different things. Mm -hmm. But you just catch like everything there. You know, and then the officers, they're just a different breed. So even that like, culture um, went past even the inmates to the yeah, officers to the themselves. Officers, like, you, you know, whether you had officers that were probably more enhanced than L.A. County officers, mm. like you have big old white dudes, you know, like and they're just testing you. Yeah. Right. But you know what? It gave me an, oppor an opportunity to be at, like at a good playing field. Because I was like, okay, you know what? I can sit here and I can go two ways. I can go back to selling dope, you know, buying a gang of phones, you know, cracking a CO to bring in more dopes mm -hmm. and phones. Um, I can do all these things or I can just take advantage of what they have to offer. Yeah. Right? And it wasn't easy because you had dudes hitting me up and you had individuals uh, um, proposing things and, hey, we could do this, we could do that. And you had dudes that stopped talking to me that I knew from childhood, right? Like, oh, man, you, you're a weirdo. You know, you want to change. Like, You want to go to school. Like, you like, want to go to college. Like, what? You, you go to school? Do you yeah. go to college? Like, yeah, bro. Like, I want to educate myself. Like, mm -hmm. oh, man, you're a weirdo. You know? Like, damn, you go to groups all day? Like, who does that? Like, well, I do. You know? Like, the guy that wants to go home, right? Mm -hmm. And I literally, like, had to build this different persona being there. Like, you know, people talk about, like, code switching, right? Like, I had to really, like, code switch. Like, I had to put in a different type of... Yeah. Uh, uh, um, because I had to survive, right? I remember that, you know, I had a lot of liberty because of the things that I was doing. You know, I had got involved very early on in the kids program. Um, you know, three years in, I became the president. So, it gave me that... Oh, man, you were doing to, your stuff. Yeah, it, okay. it gave me that leasing to move around... Like, they will let me go clean places where you're not supposed to, you know, things like that, right? And you build those relationships with the officers. And since I had so much movement, individuals that were selling or whatnot, hey, hey, Neto, hey, we, can you go to Five Block? It's like, nah, man, I'm hot right now. I got some shit, you know? Mm -hmm. I didn't have nothing, bro. I had my fucking <laughs> AA book and NA book, you know? Yeah. But you got to make it seem That's like you're... That's how you got to do it. You got to do it. You got to go with the with the flow of, of what your environment where you're at. is. And... Whether people respected me or not, I really didn't give a fuck, you know, because my my thing was I went to my consultation for my youth defender thing. And, you know, the deputy commissioner was like, look, man, I don't know how you're going to get home, but you have five years to get your shit together. In in five years, because that was when you're scheduled that to go my parole hearing. My mm. parole hearing. So up until then, you decided to make the change before, before you even heard about the laws, yes, which is, man, yeah, you know. Yeah, so I, I actually did, and it's one of the things that I'm proud of myself, that way before laws and, and changes were made, I had decided to change. And that's why I feel that I'm far better off with certain individuals yes. that I come across because they're like, well, bro, like, either that's a facade or you just like talking in a certain way. I'm like, nah, bro, like, motherfuckers started reading before, way before the laws were even thought of. Like, mm -hmm. way before all these organizations started coming in, like, I had started doing a lot of work on myself, right? Because I, I had to learn it, and it was authentic. It wasn't for something that I ran away, like, oh, man, they kicked me out, so now I have to live a different lifestyle. No, I consciously made a decision to sit down in my fucking cell 
and say, you know what, man, like I need to live a different life mm-hmm. and I need to be somebody else yeah. and I need to put the work in, right? And I had a good support network. I had my wife, I had my family, I had people that believed in me, right? And when I got to that yard, like, man, bro, like I, I would take like three, five college classes in one day, mm. you know, like I'm doing correspondence, I'm coming from one class, going into another class. And these are classes that are university level too at that. Nice. You know, and was it through Palos Verdes or um, Coastline? No, this or? was through Bakersfield. Oh At man, the time, okay. This was Bakersfield Community College, and then you, I'm running groups. So and then I'm running an average youth group from this time to this mm. time, and then I'm like, I have to delegate people over here. Hey man, we're doing this, we're doing this, and we got an event on Wednesday. Where they're bringing 25 kids, so it really showed me, and it really put to work my skills of communicating with people, right? And gotcha. being like, whether you say a leader, but at, at the end, like I serve my people. Like, I always kind of like the dude that comes into the room, puts all the chairs together, and then I'm the last dude, and then I take the chairs out, right? Because, you know, one time this dude was like, well, man, you, you're you always here. You don't need to be here. I'm like, well, bro, like, I'm alike just like everybody else, right? And I wanted to carry those characteristics that I had in a past lifestyle, which is like, for me, it was for the people, to serve my people, to mm. serve my homeboys, Right. And I still brought those things in because my people is the incarcerated community, right? Men and women, black, brown, white, whatever it may be. That's my philosophy so, too. I love it. I, I really can't distinguish nobody else because if you went through some hard times, like I got to sit there and help you. You know, I feel that what you figured out and what you have is like the only way to really obtain it is by giving it to others also as well. So yeah, man, I spend that time in, in Corcoran and, um, you know, I, I had brought it up on the thing and then I had got confirmation that I can actually uh, use it because they're like, man, we want you to share your story, you know. So in 2000 and I think it was 2019, I believe I was in a computer class. So I had become certified and I was already the clerk. And there was this lady and her late her name was Miss Fogel, you know, and she was like this older white lady. She was like, well, uh. You know, you need to go a place where you can prosper. Like, I'm still sitting here with level four points and a, and a level four prison, right? And she's like, you need to go to a place where you can prosper. I'm like, well, where the fuck you go to prison where you can prosper? Like, mm-hmm. you know, they're pretty much all the same, yeah, right? That makes sense. And she's like, you need to go to a level three. And I'm like, ah. Like, level threes, like, you know, like... Like you hear shit about level threes and level twos and level ones, right? Like that it's like, like wild. What? Yeah, like it's open. wild. The like amount of respect is not the same. Uh, and, you know, but it's, it's then you're sitting here in the yard where you're seeing about dude die, you know, once yeah. a week and yeah. you don't want to go to this yard, right? So it doesn't make sense. Right. But we get comfortable in our environment. Regardless yeah. of our That's environment really what it is. is very um hectic, we still wanna be there. You gotta like start over all You gotta start over. Long story short, man. I wanted to go to a level three, be closer to my wife, right? She lived up north, so I was trying to get into her small area. On that note, what what at what point in time did that happen? Did she become your wife? The girl that had gave you that little shot and said that motivation really, <laughs> now, you know. More importantly, where was the baby? Now, where did the baby <laughs> come from, dog? Yeah. Because so, he had a prison baby. Really? Yeah, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, he's he's a little conjugal visits and everything. Conjugal visits through the pandemic. Oh, so too. you know. Really? The pandemic. No, they didn't have that. I got 2014. (laughs) Um, So in 2015, when I got to Corcoran, 
Um, I had proposed to her the situ- you know, the whole event again. Like, hey, what's up? Like, so so after that first discussion or we whatever. We remained friends. We remained friends. Okay, you remained friends. Remain and then friends. that carried on. That okay. carried on. We remained friends. She's like, well, I'll be here with you. I'll be your friend, but I ain't going to be your lover, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> all right, whatever. We'll be friends. But we still remain friends, right? And through the process, I got to Corcoran and I was just like, you know what, like, what do you want to revisit the situation again? And I did. I asked her, like, will you want to be my girlfriend? Do you see yourself? Can you give me an opportunity? And I think for her, it was hard because, of course, her background and her family weren't so approving. Like, who's mm-hmm. going to approve a dude mm-hmm. coming into your house, Yeah, you know, with facial tattoos and the senses of this and being in prison? Um, but, like, we tried it. We tried it. We tried it. We gave it a chance. And... Like it worked out, it worked out because I believe at the moment of our relationship, we were so selfish and selfless at the same time. We were selfless because I know, and I think she knows too, that I wanted what was best for her, right? Um, her family was disapproving of it, like mm-hmm. you know, you marry that dude, we're gonna disown you, type shit, you know, like, yeah. Um, but I always told her, like, family comes first, like, that's like, dope, yeah. men, 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 women come and go. But you only have one mom and one dad. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Whether I have turmoil with my mom and I don't have a dad, like for me, my thing was always this is what the example mm-hmm. of what a family should be, which is yeah. having your mom and your dad there, you know? Um, and we gave it a chance. We gave it a chance. 2015, we, we started kind of like, I always say, man, since the day I met you, we got together. But she's like, no, but <laughs> we did it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I fell in love instantly. Um, and then it kind of just kind of just went on. In 2016, uh, I proposed to her. And then it just... No, 2015, I proposed to her. 2016, we got married. And then it being that I still had a lot of points and I wasn't qualified for family visits because of my previous, uh, um, you know, behavior while I was in the mm-hmm. level fours and in Pelican Bay, they're like, well, we can't give you family visits until a year later. And I had to break that to her, like, yeah, we can't really, you know, we just got to be, you know, come to visit. Correspondence, basically. Yeah, correspondence, yeah. or you come to visit. And we build that. We build we build a very authentic relationship. Um, you know, I believe we both bring out the best and the worst, you know, from each other. Um, but that's what our, our relationship has been. Like, I never had a friend, you know, like, I never mm-hmm. had a really, 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 really true friend. And just like any other couple, we're going to experience and we do experience some things, right? And, you mm-hmm. you know, she's an individual that has goals and has her family and has a direction in life. And then you come with an individual that probably didn't have no direction in life and has all this trauma and is trying to find direction and purpose. And then you're combining us together, which is very complicated, you know? Um, and, yeah, man, we, we, we got together, we got married. Uh when it gets to the story of me going to Pleasant Valley, I was like, I was trying to get like closer, like Jamestown type Damn. thing. You know? But but even even uh, Pleasant Valley, it's not any nicer. You know, you're not getting to the nicest prisons. No, you're, no. You're, like uh, well, Pleasant Valley it wasn't nice, but you know what? I like Pleasant Valley. Really? Yeah. Okay. I loved Corcoran, and I feel like I, I'm trying to go back to Corcoran as we speak. You know, they're trying okay. to get me yeah. approved to go in there. But um, I love Pleasant Valley. Because Pleasant Valley, like my son came out of there. Right? Oh, you got memories. Uh, I got I got a good memory from there. Um, I got to grow and really it gave me an opportunity 
to do the things that I wanted to do, right? To create my platform, like for upon release, right? So like when I bring it back to that lady, to the older lady, Miss Fogel, she's like, you need to go, you need to go to a place where you can prosper. You need to go to to Pleasant Valley State Prison. And I'm like, girl, like you don't choose for me. Like I want to go to Jamestown. Like, what are you talking about? You know? She's like, there's so many opportunities. They got a dog program. They got this. Ooh, they got right. that. You know, they have a, a honor building. I was like, what, what is an honor building? Like, yeah, they got microwaves. Like, microwaves in prison? You mean, like, I get to warm up my food? You <laughs> That's know? That's crazy. So, think it that way. Yeah, I, it is. I, didn't, I, I didn't see no microwave. It was not an option. My option was to be closer to my wife. You know, my wife's from up north in Modesto. So, Jamestown and um, I think Mill Creek is the only two closest ones. They're like 30 minutes away, right? Man, they take me to committee, put me up for Jamestown Mill Creek, right? Two weeks later, I get a bag and one of my boss tells me, hey, bro, you're not even going to those two prisons. You're going to Pleasant Valley. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, Which is a little bit up north, but not really. That's really central California. Yeah, it's a Kalinga. Um Kalinga, I've never heard of that. Yeah, it's like wow. the armpit. It's like the armpit of, of 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 the Central Valley. Yeah, it's like by Clovis type thing. The only reason I even know, I'm I used to work PIA. Also, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Central Cali. You gotta Google it. They have but, a mental um, hospital in Kalinga. We used to do laundry for them, and that's how the only reason why I remember that name. So, how did I end up in Pleasant Valley? Mm-hmm. And I was mad when they told me Pleasant Valley. It was because of the lady, Miss Fogel. You know. And I went back to her. I'm like, did you have something to do with this? She's like, no, uh, I don't know. I was like, whatever, right? So I go on, pack my shit, and I leave to Pleasant Valley. I get to Pleasant Valley, and I, I left from a hype. Like, I, I left from, like, a big pedestal-type prison. Like, like I was doing, I came out on the news, you know, type things. You know, like, we were... So you getting, were that involved I in everything? I was that involved were, in, the, were... in the kids' program mm. and oh, in my community man. that, you know, ABC came and the Central Not Valley, really? ABC. Like, I was like, oh, man. Like, I felt good. Like, yeah. like here I'm in a place where I'm prospering. You know, the officers that usually beat up everybody, they're over here being cool to me. Like, I don't want to leave this place. So I for sure left the place where I had a big impact and had a big impact at me, Right. So as I got to Pleasant Valley, it was just kind of like, man, like what am I gonna do? You know, I don't know nobody here, but you know, you you you're in the prison system, you know, yeah. you know everybody pretty much, and people come across you. And I remember, and, and, and people don't know it's as easy as I was busted with your homeboy, whoop whoop, and now you guys are yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, you now can always, yeah, you know. exactly. So fourteen days in orientation, and then they take me to committee. After the committee, they said, hey, uh, after you're done, Sanchez, the captain wants to talk to you. I'm like, all right. That's all fast. That's all To fast. get to a new prison, yeah. still on CTQ, yeah. to, to not even have your property, to, hey, you're going to committee this week. Yeah, to- yeah. And, and I stepped into, and then behind the desk, you have this small individual, and he's a captain. His name's Mr. Fogel. You know, no, what up? Yeah. and there's a Mrs. Fogel to help you. <laughs> so it was kind of like I was just like, "What'd you do?" I was like, you said, what? And then he pulled out his phone, his work phone, of course, and he's like, "Is this you?" And it was me on my episode of of, of ABC, ah, and he's just like, "Hey, man, congratulations! You know on what you've been doing and everything." My wife's talked a lot about you. Um, whatever you want to do here, you can do it. 
you know, we got your, we, we support you. We support you. We support you. What is it that you want to do? We have a dog program coming up. Do you want to join the dog program? Give you your own sale, everything. Wow. I'm just like, bro, like at that point, like that was probably the only individual that I had, not, not because I met some in Corcoran, but that had really took an interest in helping me. Right. So it kind of hit home because I'm like, man, I've never had nobody invested in me. Like, and if I did, I mean, they're all dead now, you know? And yeah, yeah. that was kind of like the start of something different for me because I already had did the work. And then I came to an environment where I was being embraced by the captain of the yard. Like that's, that's major. That's pretty big. Yeah. That's major. And I used it. I used it uh, uh, um, to my greatest advantage um, in the most positive, productive way. Um, and it was kind of like, Pleasant Valley was a place where I was able to, you know, I talked about it in previous um, settings where I felt like I had everything. I had my beautiful wife. I had my, you know, my son. My son was um, conceived in, what, 2019, I believe it was, and right before the pandemic even hit. Mm, like, that was a luck of the yeah, draw right there, she man. Got, my wife got printed October, I think, of, 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 of 19. Oh, and that started happening yeah. in, what, February or something? Yeah, and then the pandemic, remember, hit, like, towards February and March? Yep. Like, we were actually at family visit when we started hearing the whole, like, oh, she was already kind of pregnant mm. a few months, and that's when Kobe had passed away, so everything oh, was kind of, like, hitting, you know, like, the whole thing, like, you know, the the, the death of Kobe, and then the, mm-hmm. I was like, bro, like, the world's falling apart. Yeah, because you, know? you said you were a Kobe fan, yeah. so that shit probably was like, yo, yeah. what the fuck, Kobe yeah, yeah, Bryant? Yeah. It, you know, it's crazy that the night before, I think LeBron had broke a record, and I was telling my wife, like, look, man, this is why it's so powerful, because LeBron's this, and then Kobe was this, and Kobe was like a father to me. He's like, mm. like well, I was like, bro, you don't even know the dude. Like, nah, <laughs> it's just like the culture in L.A. Like, yep. you know, you're sitting down watching the Lakers. That's what you that do. That was it. You know? And so it was major. Like, when I when that happened, I was just like, bro, like, I the next day I was in the shower. I was like, hey, they said that Kobe died. I was like, girl, get the hell out of here, man. What the hell you talking about, man? Don't be speaking like that. You know, that's blasphemy right there. Right, yeah. But it was the reality of what had happened and at that time the pandemic hit and it didn't give us the opportunity to like you know be together through our pregnancy through her pregnancy of my son right because I didn't get to see my son till like a year later you know and it really impacted me a lot because people don't talk about like like COVID impacted our communities on a major way like it really did. It, uh, in, a, in a major way, whether we lost people, whether the mm-hmm. world, America, just kind of was at a, at, a, at a standstill, you know? Imagine for us in prison, you're just looking at TV and then you're looking, oh, man, this dude's sick over there in cell 101. Like, oh, fuck. Hey, they're taking them to a different block. Like, oh, fuck. Hey, they're putting us on lockdown. Hey, fuck. They're coming with, with suits now. They're putting suits and yeah, masks on that's us. Scary. You know? Hey, did you think it was like a, a zombie apocalypse? That's the way I always pictured it for... You know what, like, no, but I, I for sure thought, I'm like, yeah, this is it, bro. Like, some crazy shit. Above us, go die out some coronavirus, you know? Yeah. Because you would hear people die, and I'm like, if people are dying out there in society, (laughs) what makes you think we're not going to die in here? When you're all together. Yeah, like, and and I had already been through traumatic experiences, like in 2010, when the whole tsunami had hit, 
um, when the tsunami was supposedly hitting in somewhere in Asia or whatnot. And they had it was in 2010, and I think they had locked up Pel- Pelican Japan Bay earthquake. Well, they it was up the, north. Yeah, they had put the locks on us in Pelican Bay, and then they left. Like the tower came mm. down and left, and I'm like, if the water comes, his is like we're really gonna. He left. I, hey, like, you don't like that. Proves, really, that kind of really proves my my here. theory on that. So the thing with the locks is so supposedly in prison, there's this like story where they say that if there was any tri- type of uh, like apocalyptic disaster. The guards have the de- the decision to either put locks on the thing and make sure you they just keep you there, or to let everybody go. So basically, everybody knows that they're you're gonna die there if something were to happen because there's no obligation. They there's like supposedly right in writing yeah, or yeah, something yeah, where they yeah, have the discretion yeah, like to just law or type shit. Yeah. Supposedly, I never so they make a universal decision to be like, yo, let's help these dudes get them out, out or, or fuck them. I'm gonna go help my family. Wow. I'll leave them locked up. So here. imagine you 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 have to wrap your mind around it. Yeah. Like, at one point, so experiencing that and then experiencing the COVID was like, here we go again. Like, so much shit going down. Yeah, like so much shit, you know. Yeah. And um, it was something that was kind of like. It was also a, a, a traumatic experience because not only did I not see my son be born, um, it took away from us as parents. Um, I'm still it, trying to figure out how the fuck that happened. So like, yeah. like you guys are in prison and yeah. like, how are you guys beating? Like, how does that even like, where do you get this time to? No, well, they have families. So you go to a room. Which you're able to be there Makes about sense. three, three, three right. to four Thank days, you. like depending on what the prison and the, the the rules they have. And we go in there like on a Friday and come back on a Sunday, or go in there on a Saturday and come back on a Monday. Oh, so you stay over? Here. Yeah, so you stay. You get to ah, cook and all really that. that. You get to, to, yeah. Oh, so you really do get to spend time with like yeah. with whoever you're with. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. And then those okay. guys, I used to see them come back with like Jordan sandals and good toothpaste. <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, yeah, you're not supposed to be bringing yeah, that back. But you come back and you're like the only one that got Jordans fly, on. Like, just fly. Just yeah, like, got yeah. Jordans on. I was like, bro, you don't know, want to mamas But um, yeah, that's how that's how that took place. And um, she was able to bring my son um after we were cleared. Uh, through the pandemic and what was it was that birthday. Like, it was just like, it was beautiful. It was beautiful, bro. Because, like, I feel like my son. He's like a replica of me. Mm. Like, and everybody says that he looks exactly like mm. you, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if there was any chance to take this little dude tomorrow, like, yeah, it would be like a kick in the face. <laughs> but like, come on, y'all, look come on, like, man. Stop the it. kid looks yeah. like you. Like, he's exactly his behavior, his emotions, everything. And I look at him and I think about my childhood. Yeah. And I think about how I was raised. Like, and I think about the lack of fathers that I didn't have. And it being that I got to spend time with my son, my wife, at family visits. And then, like, now, like, you know, my son is, my wife's been visiting me because um, they still live up north. And just to be around my son, like, we went to sleep at one in the morning last night watching Mickey's Clubhouse That's awesome. on my phone. Yeah, and like, I had to cut it short. I'm like, hey, bro, it's like one o'clock in the morning. I gotta do a podcast tomorrow. But he doesn't understand, and he's a he's a baby. He's a kid. That's part of the the process, man. It's a beautiful thing, and you yeah. know, take it in because they they only last that age for yeah. for whatever you know their childhood. So so shit. Let let's take us to um, how did your sixty one or six? What was it? Sixty. Who, the, the sentence. 
The, the oh no, the third was it thirty or what was this the original 36. sentence? Thirty six. So how did the thirty six get dropped down to eventually end up coming home off of fifteen? So, um, of course, I qualify for the laws. Okay. So they yeah, say that. you know you're able to go to a board hearing after your fifteen year, mm-hmm. your twenty year, your twenty five years incarcerated, right? In my situation, it's a determinate sentence, so it goes at your fifteen year mark. So in two thousand and last year, yeah, last year around June. Uh, the 1st of June, I mean, I had done a preparation of, what, five, six years, whether it's certifications, diplomas, self-help, um, you know, putting events together, being involved in my community in here and out there, doing fundraisers, um, participating and donating things mm-hmm. to the homeless while being in prison, you know, whatever it was that's asked, and not only like the physical work, but also like the mental, Right of trying to understand why is it that you got to a point that you wanted to commit a crime against two officers? Like, how did you get to that point? Like, cause no one wakes up and just does that. Right, right. Like Absolutely you evolved right. to that over time. And in June 1st, I believe, I went into a board hearing. I went in um, and I went in, I was the second individual that went in. Uh, at that point though, like, I was at peace. Like I was comfortable with who I was, um, what I needed to convey to to the commissioner. Um, you know, like there have been a lot of changes in my life also as well, like with my spiritual side. Mm. You know, I had accepted God and and for me it just kind of relieved a lot of stress. Mm-hmm. Like it was a burden that I no longer carried, right? I don't worry about certain things and you know, I don't put too much focus on the future and past because I'm saying, well, I'm trying to live now and everything yeah. that I've done um, eventually is going to give me some type of positive result, mm-hmm. right? So I went in, I was found suitable. I was found suitable, the the commissioner, you know, it was, it, it just happened so fast, like, right? You no, know, we, we, we think that you're suitable, you know, you've learned pretty much everything that you had to, you've applied it, we command you, the whole thing, right? Was a warden by chance involved in any of that? No. So you, okay. you have you have just and it was actually through through Zoom. You oh, have damn. yeah. Okay. That's hard have, to kind of. You have a commissioner and a deputy commissioner, and um, yeah, it was it happened so fast. I I I was like, wow, like I'm kind of finally going home. Like you know, like this is over, and you have to wait. Sometimes it's like a hundred and twenty to one hundred and fifty days for like your final response, mm. right? And like, it was crazy because I waited to my hundred and like twentieth day, and the individual that went the board that morning with me, um, he had heard about his response. Well, I heard actually about mine, um, and they were like, "Oh, um, you're not going home." And I'm like, "Well, why not?" Like, "Oh, the governor didn't want to sign." Bro, you know what's crazy about this? I forget yeah. it was against cops, yeah. man. Yeah. So the whole world right. is against you. They don't yeah, care how like, much time like, you did. And, and then I sit there and I watch my friend like get his paper like, oh, you're going home like in a week. And I'm like, and I just like, it's kind of weird because even though I'm human and I still feel those emotions like, bro, like, fuck, like I've done everything. I've like, I've gone to the extent of bending ass backwards for this shit. Like, mm-hmm. and I've genuinely done the work, you know, and I don't feel like I deserve anything. I don't feel like I'm entitled to anything, but it's just like, what do I have to do now? Because like in that situation, you're just like, how do I pivot? Like, what do I do? Because 
alone, you're trying to help your wife and your family understand, like, hey, man, I just got denied. What does this mean? Like, because all my family was happy. Everybody was like, man, he's coming home. But and then you hear you, you receive a letter and the governor saying, um, I'm not going to grant him his parole. Right. Because he has the final say so. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's going to go through, a, a, I believe it's pronounced an embankment or embankment. And it's basically you have to go through another process of like 12 commissioners and it's open wow. to the public. And you could have people speak on your behalf or you can have people speak against you. And it was just like, you know, quickly, like I had to like learn what the fuck that was. And I told my wife, hey, we got to find out what it is where we got to call people. I need to mm-hmm. rally up the troops like we need to get going on this. And like, like, bro, like I can honestly say like and I want to do it live with this because in 2015, 16, I met an individual. His name was David Garnica. Um, he actually was in Ironwood, uh, part of the college program and okay. everything. Yeah. And he paroled. He had two licenses, right? He was one of the first guys that came into the ARC, um, part of the Hope and Redemption mm. team, right? And one of his first groups was was actually at, at Corcoran. On, on that yard that I was in. And he was there uh, to show us basically, hey man, hope and redemption is possible. Like you can do the work mm-hmm. and get out of prison. And I remember I had approached this individual like, man, well, how did you go to prison? And his like, his simple words at the time were like, like you gotta do the work. And I was just like, well, okay, well that's what it's I'm doing. A little doing. vague, what does that mean? A little bit vague, right? And I remember that the guys around me, they're like, that's the only response this motherfucker had to give us. Like, put in the work. Like, we're already putting in the work. We do, like, five groups a day. Like, and I was just, like, expecting some type of, like, special formula, like, right? And the reality was that you had to put in the work. Like, that's what it is. You have to stay focused and dedicated. Like, this is a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not something you just do. Like, well, I'm going to do groups, and then I'm going to go home. Like, no. Like, what if you don't go home? Like, what is your, like, destination? Like, what is your purpose? Do you wake up and try to be a better individual? Mm-hmm. Like, you can't defeat the process. You can't pass through the process. You can't go around it. There is a process to this shit, and you have to put in the work. Mm-hmm. And putting in the work means a lot of things. It means making a sacrifice, right? It means being able to roll with the punches, being able to change your thinking, being able to... To make those sacrifices of not using a cell phone while you're in prison, you know, of standing your ass in that payphone and waiting and having a dude tell you, hey, bro, I'm next, you know, or the yard goes down and you don't have an opportunity to call your wife or your family. Mm. Like, it, 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 it's filled with different things, right? It's different components. And, you know, like, I put in the work and I feel like even when the embankment happened, like I had individuals like him speak. I had um, you know, individuals like uh uh you know, people from Initiate Justice, um, people from ARC, mm. um, individuals that work at Homeboys Industries. Did you try to get Fogo or what was what was did you try so to get wrote, them? Yeah, he wrote a letter. He wrote a letter, he he actually had wrote a letter. Okay. Um and I had a strong support network, you know. In the event, like, 
I literally got to be on the phone, like on the payphone, calling my wife all morning, just listening to these embankments, right? Because throughout the day, they have at least like 10, like 15. So you have people calling, like the opposing party and the people that support. You were listening to that for all these other people fighting yes. their same thing? Because I was calling my wife and you can hear it on the computer, mm. right? And I'm just like, I was literally telling dudes like where I was at, like luckily the program was kind of like just... There was a lot, lot going on, so I was able to be on the phone call back to back, back to back, back to back. And then I'm listening like, hey, am I up yet? No, not yet. And then finally, okay, we're bringing up the case of Ernesto Sanchez, ooh, this, this, and that. And you're like, oh, fuck. Um, okay, who can speak on his behalf? And then you just have all these individuals speaking. Like, It's kind of crazy because now I talk, this is the first time I actually talk about it, but you don't see the impact of what you leave or what you make in other people's lives like i have my one of my friends uh, uh he had got out and i was helping him and mentoring him and he had got out from the same yard and he spoke in my embankment right and then you had uh eugene walker he was at homeboys and he spoke right david garnica he spoke like you had Juan Osorio, you had all these individuals okay. speaking you know and it was just like man this is what I mean to them, or this is how they see me, because you really don't know how others perceive you until yeah, you're actually yeah. given an opportunity to speak on your behalf. And Mr. Scott, you know, like Scott Budnick spoke at your no, thing too. No, this is no, no. I actually, I have a close yeah, friend. I have a close friend. His name's Scott Braden. Mm. You know, and he's kind of like at a different scale. Uh, he builds homes and schools and shelters in foreign places like the Congo, you know, Damn, Cambodia. So straight up humanitarian. Yeah, huh? straight up humanitarian. Yeah. And when I was mentoring his kids at Corcoran, we became right. close friends. Yeah. So we stayed contact and this dude's like he has like the biggest spirit you can ever come across. Like he's passionate about everything he does. Yeah. And I asked him like me, like if it's one thing that I learned, network is like it's prime, right? You know, Bro, um, and it doesn't stop even out here, even throughout your journey. Every card, every hand you shake, remember it. You're gonna need it, it, it exactly. Know? And he spoke. He spoke on my behalf. He spoke. My family, my brothers did. My little brothers did. You know, my wife spoke. You know, um, close family and friends. So it was major, man. It was major. It was something that that I that really helped me out. Um, there was nobody speaking against me. Um, the cops could no, have, no, huh? No, yeah, they, they wanted to. They could have if they wanted to, um, and yeah, I was, I was like, it took I think like two days for them to put it on the site to see if I was actually signed off. That's low key a cold way to find out. Yeah. Well, on the website, you're just refreshing a website for two days straight, twenty four hours. I mean, that's how yeah. we were getting stuff for so college. That's how yeah, you feel, yeah, right? you're right. Like, it was so you're right. That like the officers that I was that I, where I was housed at the regular officers. They would re re um fresh the their computer, and then like when they refreshed the computer one morning, like I was like they call me, they pop my doors. Sanchez report to the podium, and I'm just like, and the officer's like, come in the office real quick, you know. And he turned the screen, and he's like, you're going home. Damn, well, yeah, pack your shit man. up, you wow. know, like pack your shit up. They should be calling you any day now. 
Do you still have that 60 or 90 day period from... Oh, no, because no, you, no. you lived you that out you already. Lived that out. Out. Yeah. Right. This Damn. is the first That's one wild. that I hear that first, is... Yeah. You know, so we've talked about this a few times. We've never had anyone that got denied by the governor. This is the first time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty insane so to know that there's a whole other process behind it. It was. It was pretty. In, it was intense, yeah. too. You said you were hearing other people's stuff, right? Like, you were able to hear yeah. their... Were they, like, did they have nobody sometimes? Or You like, had. You had, like, you know, I was listening to That's why it was kind of, like, tense because I was, like, I was literally shaking because you had people speaking against them. And I remember I um, it was, like, a high-class, uh, a high-classified um, murder, I think it was... Um, an individual had murdered his wife or whatnot, mm. and you can hear her family speak against him, right? Shit. And you're like, crazy. you know, telling them why he doesn't deserve to be out in society. And I'm like, like no, I'm not pretty, knowing whether yeah, someone's like, gonna go against. Like, I'm or pretty not. sure someone's gonna show up, and then you know they don't want to have a dirtbag like me out in society, right? Because what they have is, you know, and you know, like even like. The, the law enforcement, they did send a letter, you know, and like I remember I got to read it and it was basically they were not in agreement of me being released. Oh, so you, you did know? get something. Like yeah. That, so. And like, I was just like, well, bro, like, you know, like. You kind of expected that though? Yeah, I did. Right. It's coming I, from I, the co- I did. I did. I did expect it. Um, and it's expected. Right. And those are things you have to take into account, like once you're released, you know, because it's a different type of, it's a different, it's a different type of crime. It's a different type of Correct. Um, situation that you're dealing with. Um, but for me, it's like, I already made my, my mind up, like what I need to do with being out here. You know, um, I've achieved, I, I believe I've achieved what I needed to in the time frame that I've been given. Right. This month on the 26th, I'll be six months out. Um, I have two jobs, you know, and it hasn't been easy. I purchased my first car with the help yeah. of my wife. Um, you know, like I've gone out and, and I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, networking and attending the things that mm-hmm. I want to do and trying to leave all that. And somebody asked me the other day, like, why are you doing everything you're doing? Right. And I said, well, you know what? Like. I like to think that I'm doing it for myself, you know, so, but at the end of the day, like, I'm really, I'm not, like, all this is for my son, because it's like a generational thing. Like, I don't feel that my father left me anything, Mm. right? And I don't have no bitterness or no resentment towards it. Like, it is what it is. Some people are not fit to be fathers, Mm -hmm. you know? Um... You know, and, and as you get older and your kid gets older, you're going to realize, uh, start seeing things that you never seen. You're going to realize, holy shit, it's maybe it's not as easy, as easy or maybe when you start going through your things, you're going to have these little like moments <coughs> where you're like, fuck, maybe that's why that happened, you know? And it sucks that this parenting shit, nobody teaches it to you. You got to learn as you go for the first one, yeah. you know, unless I don't, again, you can read a book all you want, right? But I don't think it translates. I'm going through that now. I got a teenager, you know? Yeah. You know, so you're like, fuck, and this is not the way I planned it, but that's that's the way life goes. Yeah, and, and like you said, it doesn't come with instructions, and we're both there learning, you, go. you know. Me and my wife have a different way. We like to think that we come together when mm-hmm. it's about him. Um, I'm a little bit more stern. You know, uh, somebody was trying to tell me that, they, you know, it's different. You know, like the, the, the power of a man is different from a woman. And I'm like, well, how so? so yeah, because... 
once he gets a little bit older, he's gonna be like, Mom, you can't hit me no more, you know, because I'm strong, mm. you know. He said, but he going to second guess about that father, you know? Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and I'm going to tell him, little motherfucker, I've been through some shit, man. <laughs> you, know, you, yeah. don't, you don't scare me uh, uh, one bit, but it's not about having being him being scared of you there or you having go. fear. I'm glad like, you pointed that out. It's, it's, I want him to understand that I love him, right? And that's why I do what I do. Like That's probably like one of the two main reasons why I even come here today. Because, of course, to set out the message of hope and redemption, like, you know, you can transform your life that... You know, you could go into a prison setting and you could take advantage of what it has to offer because people are invested just as much as people are mm-hmm. invested into having these prisons. Like there's also people that are invested into want to go in there and pay, get paid mm-hmm. close to nothing to want to get you out of prison. Mm-hmm. But the biggest thing, too, is for me, is my son, because my son's going to see this. You know, my son's going to be able to see it. and He's going to be like, you know what? Like that was my father and he was able to make a change in his life. And I know that it's possible. I know that I can make an impact also as well. Because God forbid I lose my life tomorrow. This is something that's recorded, right? This is something that he yes. can watch over and over again and say, you know what? Like, this is this is something that I can remember him by. Right? Through all the bullshit that he had to go through, through all the shit that he exposed himself to, whether it was willingly or unwillingly, at the end of the day, he came out, he was progressing, he was making something. And whether you can say, you know, shit catches up to you, you know, or just by luck at the wrong time, the wrong place or whatnot, or just natural things that happen in life also as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, I, I think you're you're in a good spot, man. Um, six months out, you got the car already. You have two jobs. One of them is in reentry. You're doing what we do. Um, and like you said, you get to help out our folks across color lines none of that if you've been through that system you know what i went through and so i have a desire i really do an innate right to help somebody um and again everything else is just timing bro you know everything is timing everything the way you carry yourself is going to change as you grow you know you're going to touch hands with different individuals you're going they're going to rub off on you and you start to incorporate things you know into your 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 post plan, you know, whatever that vision is. That's what I always did. I always used to get dude stories. I had one dude that went to Alaska to do the fishing stuff. You know, oh, they yeah, do felons yeah. there. Yeah. Um, I took that. I took other dudes that decided one decided to go to college. And I'm like, I'm going to take bits and pieces of their transition yeah. and I'm going to put it into mind for what works for me. And I think you're doing that. You're doing that. There's no way around it because you're making it, you know? Yeah. I think what's really beautiful is seeing like that you're going to provide this kind of impact to your son and you, and I hope to yeah. God, and I know it could happen, he'll provide that impact going forward to everybody else too. Yeah. And you're creating this domino effect that will help the upcoming youth, the upcoming kids through your son, and through your experiences. Yeah, I think um, I mentioned it, you know, I have on my Instagram and like the biggest act of service you could give anybody is just to inspire. Mm-hmm. Like we want to sit here, we want to change our communities. We want to be, you know, contributing <clears throat> members and whatnot. And it's cool. We can all do that, man. There's many people that are doing mm-hmm. a great job in it you know but like you really have to try to relate to someone at a personal level right in order for them to even grasp what is it that you're trying to convey like for me it's just like I want to sit here and I'm like wow I want to help everybody like but the reality is that I might not be able to Mm -hmm. right I for sure want to help my family I want to help the people that are nearest and closest Mm -hmm. to me my wife my son but for me too it's like I just want to inspire. 
I want to inspire, I want to inspire, I want to inspire. And if someone grabs it, they grab it and they run with it. If they don't, I mean, I really don't have that choice or that decision for somebody Correct. else to take that in or whatnot. Um, I just know that every day as I wake up, as I come out, and as I do my thing on this earth, like I have to make a, a, a an impact. You know, I have to inspire, whether it's just to talk different, walk different, educate themselves different. Like you see me and most most individuals, like at my job at the work stores, like it almost seems like I'm like a unicorn, you know, because mm. none of them been incarcerated. So they all look at me, they're like, oh my God, how are you out? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. I was like, well, bro, like I did the work, you know, and they treat me different. Mm -hmm. So um, it's just, it, if I know they can see me that way, then it's something also too that others can, you know. Yeah, no, no, I agree. I think um, <clears throat> what so right now the st the steps you're taking now too is you're getting your stuff removed, right? You're getting your yeah. you're working on treatment. How long is that gonna take you? Because I know you've been working on the one. Um, at the moment, I'm, I'm I'm I am getting at Homeboys mm -hmm. the free at cost, right? Right. Um, I'm already on my fourth session. They the individual told me the doctor he told me that it would take up to like twenty five sessions, Ooh. right? And like it hurts, bro. Like yeah, it hurts. Um, when I go in, I just go full throttle. Like I tell them, don't stop. We're not here to be friends. Let's do this. You know, my sessions are usually like no longer than 15 to 20 minutes because he just goes in, boom, boom, I'm done. Let's go. You what know, do you do? Nice. You just crunch your teeth hard. And, yeah, and just, you gotta uh, see them on my Instagram. Yeah, you know, like like. <laughs> What's uh? Do you want to shout out your yeah. Instagram? What's uh, your, my Instagram is very. If, simple. if you want, if you want. Yeah, it's so. very simple. Uh, Mr. Sands, um, nineteen eighty nine. Okay. Uh, which is kind of like Mr. Sanchez, you know, and hey. then my 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 year. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, and I post up a lot of those things. You know, I post up my family a lot. Uh, my son, my wife. Nice. Uh, the things that I've achieved, the things that mm -hmm. bring, you know, that peace and love into my life. And I just try to focus on that. I do highlight my my tattoo things uh, because it's painful. Right. It's painful. Like, it's painful. I can imagine. Uh. I, 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 I'm hungry for it. You know, I'm hungry for it. I'm hungry to, you know, be something different. You yeah. know, um, I don't want to be looked at as just like, oh, this dude was a gang member and he did time in prison and he's from that lifestyle. Like, nah, man, like I have more of, I know I mentioned it to you guys when we spoke last time, like I have a whole lot more to offer than just to be my past. Mm. Like, you know, yeah, people see us, we have the living experience. We grew up in the hood and the mm -hmm. ghetto and whatnot. Like, Oh, these dudes made it. They're doing good, and they're family men, and they're mm -hmm. creating, and they're innovating, and whatnot. Like, yeah, but I'm also a lot more than just my past. I'm also a lot more than just correct. You know, being an ex gang member and growing through the lifestyle and and made it out. Like, I can do other things too, also as well. That part, you know. I, and I'm excited to see what else is to come, man. Because I know you have you're you're only six months out. You're still starting. You're still. I can't wait to follow up. Do a little yeah, follow up with we'll my boy and see where he's at. Or something, you know. Um, Just, so I, uh, I, I guess because my bad. Because no, I guess too. Um, because we're gonna start wrapping things up. What are your like final long? -term, what's like your long term or short term goals right now? As you now are still going through the transition. You know, my my short term goals would would definitely just find some type of stability financially. Gotcha. Um. 
I mean, if you ain't got money, you ain't can't yeah. even do anything, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I'm trying to find a home. I, I am. I'm trying to find a place, a home as a physically, like an apartment or something that me and my wife can have or something mm-hmm. on my own. Um, but I'm also trying to find a home within an organization. You know, there's a few organizations that I've reached out to. Unfortunately, whether I'm fit for the role or whatnot, um, or my time out of prison, it's a factor. Yeah. Like, I'm just kind of pushing you know, so it's my short term is trying to create as much as I can for myself, right, to show my value. And then hopefully for the long term, I'm well established in an organization, whether mm-hmm. as a the director or also as someone that has created his own nonprofit to help our community. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And there's anybody listening, yo, and you guys can make it happen. Please reach out. You have his Instagram. Please reach out and see how we yeah. can help or how you could help. However. Yeah. Uh, I think as long as you keep networking, it'll happen. I'd say yes to everything. Right. I used to do speaking engagements in college. College is another good resource just to grow, meet people. You're going to meet so many people, um, just everything. You're going to get invited to speaking events. You're going to job fairs, this and that. You just have to do everything, you know, different organizations to hold random things on the weekends. You just show up, you know, and then people will be like, oh, that's homeboy from wherever, you know. Um, from the organization that's how you get known like people now they'll be like oh that's Damien he's at PB Jobs he's at whatever I used to work for another organization friends outside part of ARC all that so it'll it'll start catching up and then you'll realize it's the same faces you know and that's how you network and you grow your relationships with these folks and they may periodically I get hit up every now and then hey we got this going on you know you're like all right cool let's do it you know so It don't happen, shit. Well, with that being said, Ernesto, thank you for blessing us with your story, man. We loved thank it. You guys. And I'm glad that you're doing the do. You're putting in the work, man. You know? Make sure y'all so, like, subscribe, comment, all that, man. Shut yeah. Turn on your notifications. Give it Spotify, the love, uh, uh, iTunes, all that stuff. We're doing you. it. We're, we're trying to catch up here, y'all. We got you. Just download it. We got you. All right. With that being said, Re at Your Network Podcast. Let's get it, baby. Wow. Thank you.